Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. What's good, Internet? It is Monday, November 4th, and you're listening to Waypoint Radio, episode 277. I'm your host, Austin Walker. Joining me here in Brooklyn, Kato is with me. Yo. Hi, Kato. Rob Zachney on the phone, getting over a sickness, is my understanding. Well, Patrick dragged me into the bear game, so I think I would have been over a little sooner, but then Patrick was like, come on in, Rob. Water's fine. (laughs) And it was a toxic stew. It was a toxic stew. I'm sorry about that. Patrick Klepek, also here, having some microphone Uh, issues that are incredible. No, that's just... That's just me taking that angel investment I got over the weekend, oh and just you know I'm ready to get. What are you gonna What are you gonna invest rich? in? I saw that at at. I don't I'm, know. I'm not we should say his see name. at a person whose whole Twitter handle is just his first name. Yeah, which says mm-hmm. you know what? Fuck off. There are a few people who are okay like that, but very few. Yeah. I'm trying Most to see. Of them maybe are I ask people to give me good. suggestions for uh, my startup. Um, yeah. Um, inch, oh, there's an interesting person suggested a legal defense fund for publications who might get sued out of existence by petty billionaires in a way that hypothetically leads to a chilling effect on journalism and a conservative turn in an already risk-averse industry. That's interesting. That's like <laughs> yeah, a I think that's a good, whoever, whoever sent yeah, that in, maybe, great. I think they're, they probably have it right on uh, the money. John Drake out here with the actual best suggestion, Cocker, a home improvement blog, which just, <laughs> mm, wow. Mm-hmm. Very yeah. good. Yeah. But he, we got good. to the same point. The difference is that uh, John Drake was funny about it, which made him better. <laughs> so, God, uh, yeah, that's that, that is. Did don't, you end up blocking him? Follow me. Yeah, he followed you. Patrick yeah. got into got into it on Twitter this weekend with. This, okay, uh, shout outs again to Deadspin was the best website. It was a good website. I think actually maybe was the I am best ge- website. I am ge- like like before we get into like all that, yeah. all, like. I didn't start reading about sports really until, until like yeah. fo- following a de- like a website or like I identified with the writers like culturally person like d- d- Rob one of the greatest months of my life a year like in terms of like reading <laughs> something it is the your team sucks like anthology yeah. every August leading up to the start of the NFL season in which is just the the, the yeah. writer swap but like it's just I was like. My team usually is so bad, and I'm like, you know what? A little bit of catharsis I get is someone <laughs> writing about that and just tearing them apart in the funniest way possible. <laughs> and there was just such a wonderful website in which, like, yes, it was sports, but it was like whatever, whatever you put, whatever you click publish on. I'm still doing that. Like the RSS feed is up is updating oh. with these scabs who are like writing articles for for Deadspin, and I still instinctively fucking click it because I am so conditioned to like whatever Deadspin publishes. I will click on because I trust them implicitly that they're going to say something interesting, even if it's about a sport 
or a subject that I would otherwise have no interest in. And so I mourn. Even even when Deadspin wrote about sports, Patrick could read that. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, though, I think there were a lot of people who read Deadspin that like sports was like, eh, okay. Yep. Occasionally there are sports well, articles. I always sort of felt like in the wake of what happened at Kotaku, a lot of the cultural crit ended up moving over to Deadspin. And like genuinely, I think one of the most important things written about Gamergate was mm-hmm. their sort of review of what that entire thing was, which was the future of the culture wars are here and it's Gamergate uh, blog, which helped me despite having just seen that unfold for, for the entire summer was probably one of the best pieces contextualizing like, Hey, this is not going to be a one-off. This is going to be a recurring feature of our culture and we should buckle up because we just got a preview of the future. And that has proven to be a more prescient piece with every passing year. And it came from Deadspin, a site which was only really tangential to the entire thing. Because uh, they're very smart, insightful people there. And that's kind of what they brought to everything. Totally. So just a bummer. <clears throat> I, I, yeah. I love reading them every day. Genuinely, it was like the first thing I did was like, go to my RSS feed, like – what what a Deadspin right click through every open up eight tabs and it's like because I, I just assume even in something that I wouldn't otherwise think I'd be interested in I will laugh like they yeah. were genuinely funny people and in in at, they they were a guiding light in like really dark times I mean, and totally I, I, I'm I, gonna miss it from the content side like I think about the 2017 era waypoint the like open thread waypoint. The the mm-hmm. like let's write more about movies and culture and like let's be a little bit like one of the major inspirations there is the way Deadspin was like yeah it's a website about sports also it's a website about a million other things it's a website about people who are good writers who have interesting thoughts about things happening in the world and giving them the opportunity to like pers- to to speak to their audience who cares what they specifically think one of the few websites on the internet where like people knew every byline people had favorite writers, people knew the personal details of, of people's lives, not not in the kind of like influencer era way, but in this other way that meant engaging with arguments and with recurring jokes and with like this, the a, a different style of interaction that was not just about entertainment, but was also about someone who stayed on a beat for a long time and developed a, 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 an expertise that you could trust. And like that, it was, it was very important and I'm... I am also very bummed uh, by by it leaving. Anyway, the point is, uh, uh, millionaires yeah. think that they mm-hmm. should just, if they were entrepreneurial about it, then this is an opportunity, not a problem. Just uh, take a day job, man, and write some write one or two blogs right, in the evening, blogs at night. and six months later, Dude. boom, Dude. got it. Fuck just off. do just do a Kickstarter for like five hundred thousand dollars. Like, do you know how much a Squarespace is cheap? Fuck bucks. That's not five hundred thousand dollars is not. It's a lot of money. Change all of our lives on an individual basis. But like most people, these people live largely in New York, which means like you're looking at a base salary for like a seasoned writer, like you know, close to at least a bit, you know, eighty thousand to six figures. That that's incurring no 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 uh, equipment costs, no legal costs, no rent, nothing. And how many writers? Deadspin had a ton of writers. See how many people resigned? Like yeah. 10 plus. I was like, $500,000 gets you nowhere. It is expensive to have, to give people the time to, and to say like, oh, just do it at night. That's not how this works. Like the whole point of paying writers is to give them time during the day when they are largely at their like most alert to like sit and think on things, not to do it at 9 p.m. once their kids are asleep. 
once they've gotten back from their day job and have other <laughs> concerns, right? Uh, which isn't to say that if you're out there like, I wish I could write, but I can't because I have a day job and I don't want to. Like, if you want to spend that time at night and, and do it, go for it. But don't pretend Absolutely. like. But, but you well, you can't have as a worldview that, that thinks that that is the way in 2019 that anyone breaks into what is already a very competitive and uh, a business on, a, on the downturn, right? Like, it is very hard to break into sports journalism at this point. It's very hard to break into any sort of niche journalism at this point, it, even if you're very talented. The money is not there, and even when you get there, there, there is such a lack of stability that it's so hard to stay motivated and to make that happen. And the the job of publications like this is to enable the people that they've decided are like really good at this to do the job and, and to make them feel secure. And, and again, the thing that I joked about on Twitter with you, the thing with the Legal Defense Fund, is that like without a legal without a legal team, without having lawyers on staff, without having a bank to, that can protect you, what you're going to do is either curtail your output so that you don't rock the boat, so that you don't kick the hornet's nest and when go after someone who's a billionaire, go after someone who owns you know a couple NFL team or you know who owns an NFL NFL team, don't go after a large organization because they will bully you with lawyers and legal fees until you can't keep up anymore. Uh, or you get sued out of existence. It's either like curtail your shit or get or get attacked. And that isn't how you get to good journalism and good criticism and good cultural output, right? Like, and that it sucks that that's the world we live in. It sucks that if we decided to spin off Waypoint, we would have to think very hard about certain articles and say like, okay, could we publish this article without getting a target on our head? Do we want to do it anyway? You know, and and for what it's worth, the, the the comment that I was saying there too was was very much like the shit that happened to Gawker, Gawker being sued into oblivion by Peter Thiel, by way of Hulk Hogan, uh, uh, w did have a chilling effect, right? Like we've been in those rooms with lawyers, like, hey, we need to publish this, and lawyers being gun shy. We know that like there are more hoops to jump through to get something approved. Like we've been on the other side of that shit. It sucks. And more and more, like, that is a necessity in terms of your business plan. It's not a nice to have. It's a need to have. And so the idea that, like, if if only five people could just get together and start a GoFundMe, <laughs> fuck off. You, like, you just don't know what it is. Just listen to a podcast. Get that coupon code for Squarespace. Right. You're good, man. I mean, this is part of the podcast boom in some way, right? Like, part of the podcast boom is it is it is a lot less risky to just, like, watch a thing and comment on it. Than it is to do investigative reporting, it, and I and I'm not and I'm us too to some degree. You know what I mean? It's a lot less resource intensive yeah. and it's a yeah. lot less risky. Um, and and that is like kind of one of the things that's interesting about the state of the media. And it's not that people aren't doing interesting stuff in podcasting necessarily. Of course, there is investigative work, but like there is a pretty big distinction between those things. So anyway, shout outs to everyone who who stepped away from Deadspin. No shout-outs to the dude who scabbed and then decided to make himself the center of the, of the story. <laughs> they give an interview to the Daily Beast in which you put a quote, like, just want to make I'm, sure, I'm, you know, just, just let it, I want this quote in here that, you know, that they treated me well even though I have now quit this thing because I got yelled at on Twitter, which, you know. I learned the, a lot. The, <clears throat> the credit only goes so far. Yes, I'll give him credit. Yeah, for the entire. Sure. The the entire thing where it's like, oh gee, I had no idea. Gosh, I man, as a writer, I've just been out in the cold. Nobody's ever had my back. I just had no idea people felt this way about Deadspin. I didn't even know what was going on. And then this fucking Daily Beast article, dude's like, 
uh, declined to share the emails he exchanged with whoever ah, the fuck is running Deadspin right now, okay. but described the gist of his entreaty as, I'm guessing you're looking for writers. Yo, <laughs> wow. that means you know what's up. Wow. When you go to an editor Hoisted. and you're like, hey, looks like you need help. Like, no way you didn't see the news. That's so funny. God, fuck off, <sighs> my guy. Uh, it's like, man, it's like the buzzer being like, man, I had no idea this thing died. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I was just right here. This is food. This is food, right? This is, oh, it's your cousin. Oh, well, womp, womp. That's the sound buzzards make when eating. Um, content. Yeah, content. 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 God. Content. Well, you know, it is, um, hmm. Hmm. The content. Guy. I just want to say, yeah, Spanfeller's model for content has basically always been buzzards feeding. So I, I, there's some good people who write at Forbes, but also that place is a fucking content mill in its design. So, ugh. Anyway, we should talk about video games a little bit, maybe, or we don't. We don't have to. We can talk about whatever we want. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. Maybe. In the spirit of, the, we're not going to stick to games. <laughs> In the spirit of uh, of Dead nobody Spin. advice listens to this podcast. They no. can't put lanes on us. No, no, I know that Kate, the head of, of audio, is like in Europe or something. They don't get podcasts there, do they? <laughs> uh, shout out to all our European listeners. Shout out to all our European <laughs> listeners. Shout outs. Shout outs. Sorry that you're getting weird ads for like it, German. Please enjoy your ads. Clubs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're getting shout outs. Uh, you know, to German comedy clubs, and uh, I, I see here the Royal Air Force of England. Great. <laughs> Great. Good. I'm glad al- algorithmic uh, programmatic ads have been working out for us. I hear we're advertising Candy Crush now. That's a thing I heard oh. this week. Huh. Mm. Huh. Yeah, send some we got to send some emails. <laughs> um, what are we what's up? What's up? What's uh, punchy? I'm getting punchy. I feel that which is good. I like being punchy yeah. on a pod. Do you the uh, is anyone else watching Watchmen? We should talk about that sometime. I have not started yet. We should. We should. We need thing. to do away points. We should yeah. do away points on. We need to do away points. Yeah. Like I think there's stuff building. There's enough to talk about. Y'all should see Parasite. Also. Yo. <laughs> Please see Parasite. Wait, hey man, it's screener. It's screener season, baby. It is screener I'm just season. every day in the every day in the mail. I'm like Parasite because I can't. <laughs> it's not playing. I have like one theater I can go yeah. to. Which is near uh, where my mom's house. Like, if you're not playing at the at the, and it's a theater that largely caters to a high school audience. So it's like, hmm, that kind of puts me in a in a. Wait, in wait, a what happened to your beer theater? That is the beer theater, but like they yeah, didn't carry. Like, <laughs> they cater high school students. What? That's not. Hmm. <laughs> they're very care, they're very careful about the checking the IDs as I learned on a semi you know weekly basis. They didn't have the lighthouse, <laughs> yeah, so I'm not going to see the lighthouse. Wow. Wait, Ooh, is the lighthouse damn. is lighthouse not coming to streaming too? Why did I think it was also? Okay. I'm sure it'll at be like a time? quick turnaround, but mm. like, yeah, maybe no, not at the same time. No, maybe it's not. It's not VOD. I gotta see that. Yeah, I've heard. But yeah, we should do. We should things. do a Watchmen one at some point. That, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. down I'll for that. Up. I am watching I'll catch it. Up. I need. There's to. a lot to talk about. Uh, yeah. Regardless of your feelings on it, for sure. Kato, just ready, ready to talk about you. You've been watching it. Yes, I've been. Yeah, I watched it. And last night's was kind of a weak one, but it's like a weak one in a show where they've all been like pretty consistently good. How long is the season gonna be? I don't know. Uh, ten episodes, I think. Okay, that's manageable. Yeah, that's manageable. But Kato, um, it did have the it did have the, the moment where you know when she makes the gesture. That moment sure. was great. <laughs> yeah, great. yeah. I mean, there's a lot. That's what I'm saying. Even in a week, it's like a week one of those. Mm-hmm. But even a week one of those is like mm-hmm. pretty damn good TV. <laughs> like, like we uh, stay in uh, Regina King, and she she continually rewards us for yeah. uh, our service. 
<laughs> Regina King is like the biggest thing pulling me towards it for sure at this point. I really want to see her. Anyway, uh, yeah. speaking of gestures, Patrick, you've been doing some gestures with your ring fit device. <laughs> yeah. Presumably. Was, okay. What are you trying to say about me? I don't know. You tell me. What type, what type of gestures are you making over there? With the uh, yeah. hula, mini uh, hula hoop, the leg clamp. Like, what is okay? Talk me through ring fit. Look, I, okay. So, hold, I, um, so I have never heard. I, I've heard. We've all heard the term Pilates, right? But like in my head, I just th- like it just went into the like that's a word. I know it means exercise, but I don't know what that means. Huh. If you just Google Pilates, you will also think you are looking at Ring Fit Adventure promotional photos because that's also <laughs> what Ring Fit Adventure is. I did not realize Pilates meant it also you use the circle. Like use the circle. The ring. Right. Like Sometimes when Dia on circle, Twitter yeah. said, when I tweeted that I was do, playing Ring Fit Adventure, she said, no, you're doing Pilates. And I was like, excuse me? That's and then I Google Pilates and uh, correct, I, I'm doing Pilates. Um, <laughs> so Ring Fit Adventure came out a couple of weeks ago um, and Nintendo sent me a copy and I just hadn't got a chance to, to mess with it yet. And I booted it up over the weekend and it is a exercise RPG. Um, or there is like a campaign that ties into exercise. I'm not going to unpack what that means in a second. But like the the um, the hardware that it comes with is a ring. And if you're familiar with Pilates wing, it is basically that. It's a circle that's got some like foam grips on the side. And there's a lot of uh, tension in the ring. Like you're meant to push it in. Um, and it could also be used to like put yourself in different positions. You know, put the ring over your head, put it, you know, uh, uh, up to your chest, yada, yada, yada. Um, there's also a strap that goes on your thigh. So you put a Joy-Con into the uh, Pilates ring and you put a Joy-Con into the uh, thigh strap. And so that allows the game to measure a lot of different like body movements. And so the, the main attraction of Rink Adventure is this like elaborate story mode where there are JRPG mechanics for fighting enemies um, in which the moves that you're doing are different exercise moves. So, like, context for me and exercise is that um, I just run. Like, it's easy. Like, it, com- it comes easy to me. Like, I can run four to six miles, like, twice a week. And, like, like that's uh, – as someone that has, like, a history of heart conditions in my family, like, I, at an early age, like, tried to, like – institutionalized the notion of exercise to try and (laughs) my dad said this is a slightly dark story um my dad's dad died at like 48 or something like that of a heart attack um and my dad died at 56 but when he was uh we made it past his dad's age. He said, "Cool, I've got the high score now." And so now <laughs> the high score for me is fifty six, which is an extremely young age yeah. for a heart condition like that. Um, so I've been like very conscious to like try and stay on top of this stuff. Um, to you know, you know, hey, sometimes you know your body does bad things and it's just the roll of the dice, but you can try and increase your chances. So, but I largely have done running because um, it like fits within like the cardio and the heart condition stuff and it's easy to fit in my life and it's only takes 20, 25 minutes to, to do the runs. Um, but I always wanted to do other stuff. But when I go to the gym, I'm like way too terrified to ask questions and like for help. Like how does this machine work? Um, I've thought about getting like a, paying for like a fitness instructor for like a week just to like, walk Basics. you through yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. yeah, just like, hey, here's a routine. Now go do it on your own. Just never got around to doing it. We tried watching various like videos um, and stuff like that, but I always feel like I'm not doing the form correctly. And if you don't do the form correctly, one, you can injure yourself, but two, you could just be doing something that is completely ineffective yep. <laughs> for what you're trying to accomplish. And so what I found really appealing about Ring Fit Adventure was like, 
I don't necessarily, I'm not interested in like lifting weights, but I am interested in doing like squats and like other things that like fit within like a like sort of like my, my, my rail thin profile of a body, but would like pl- uh, allow me to uh, work on like other muscle groups. And what Ring Fit Venture does is that it helps you identify the form. Like when, like, okay, so when you get into a, a, a battle, so like the way a level traditionally works is you're running. And so you're not like, uh, you can dash, like if you like run really quickly, um, then your, your character will dash. But largely what you're doing is sort of like a light jog. Um, and that propels your character forward. Um, you're holding the ring in front of you. Um, and when you're not in, um, in combat, so to speak, you can turn that around and you can push it in. And that sends a burst of air, which like can blow up crates, which gets you money, which you can use to buy different abilities. Um, you're running on the exercises. track, basically, right? It's not like a big yeah, 3D yeah. space. It's not like an open. No, yeah, yeah. You're just you're going. F- you're just going forward. You're never and going the- picking left or right. You're only in place, jogging in place, which sets you forward, and then moving the ring around. The ring is um, smaller than a steering wheel, but like bigger. Like is yeah, it like about frisbee the size. size? Yeah. Like okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Larger than a frisbee. I would say actually closer to a steering wheel would be mm. um, mm-hmm. um, a better approximation. Um, if you. Um, push it uh, out, um, that does a, like, and you aim it down, that it puts a burst of air that, like, lifts you in the air. Um, But anyway, so you're kind of jogging along. If there's, like, a track that's falling apart, you can kind of run through that. There are things you jump over. Um, But, like, the big, the meat of the game is these sequences where you come across an enemy, um, and then you have, like, your traditional, uh, like you would see in an RPG. Like, here are your different uh, attack options. And these attack options are, like, do squats or do uh, um, like a yoga pose where like you kind of like do a squat pose, but like you're slowly bringing the ring up and down over your head. Um, So you're creating like a lot of tension um, in your leg and then like creating the tension over your head because you're having to do it extremely slowly. Um, And the way like it sets up those things is like you pick it and then you have to do the form and it detects that you have the form correctly before it'll actually proceed to you doing the move, right? So it's like, let's say you're doing the squat. It's like, if you're standing up, it won't proceed to that. Like it needs you to get into the position and then you have to hold the position for three seconds so that you're, it's showing that you're confident that you found the spot and you can hold it before it then proceeds to the actual sequence where let's say it's a squat where it's like you're standing up and then you squat down and then there'll be a big icon at the bottom that says uh, in text, like hold it. And then you have to hold it for let's say five seconds and then you release. And if you have done the right form and you release it at the right time, then you do like a full fledged attack. And so you do like a series of these, like you do like 10 of them that are like long holds and then it's like 10 short holds. And then you move on to the next attack. Now, my understanding is you go further, like the attacks get like pretty, like certain types of exercises um, are more effective at certain types of enemies than others. Um, I have it right now just set to random. So it's just pulling up a different exercise like after I do the next one. And I have found it like really satisfying, um, really uh, informative. And I can tell that I'm doing the right form. Like you can you can feel it like after like a couple sure. of these, like, oh, like I'm, I'm fucking doing it, which is like really <laughs> satisfying as someone that's wanted to do more of this stuff. But gets embarrassed at the gym and didn't find the time to get a trainer and like ring fit adventure that like, fits exactly kind of what I'm looking for in terms of like trying to find these other things that I can fit in my day. And it's very charming. It, the story is goofy. You're going after some big weight lifting dragon that I don't know, something, Yo, something, something, dragon but up. I believe in you. Um, <laughs> I believe that you can get, he's big. He's an extremely dragon. big dragon. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like I, uh, 
And it seems to have, uh, I didn't investigate these fully, but I've heard from other people, like it has like a lot of deep uh, accessibility options and a lot of fine tuning that you can do based on what is your like level of experience with exercise? What is your level of fitness? What is your cardio level? Um, I set mine to, um, I think there were four basic levels of intensity. I set it to intense, which was like, I think hard. My thought there was like, oh, like I've done a lot of cardio, so like I'm I know how to breathe properly, sure. So I I can probably handle like a decent uh, intensity of workout. Um, and a thirty minute one of those was like, well, after the game, like after twenty minutes, it kept going. Uh, hey, do you want to stop, bro? And I'm like, no, I'm good. Like I'm trying to hit thirty minutes. Maybe I can set it somewhere where it's like, hey, s- s- bother me after 30, thirty minutes. minutes. That's yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what I'd like to do. Um, I haven't really delved super far into to all those settings, but. Yeah, it's really neat. I found it like really satisfying and um, it works really, really well for like giving a structure to something that um, I needed structure for. Like it's it fulfilled that. I don't know if it's worth like $80. Maybe that's like a little pricey for some folks, but this Ring Fit Adventure seems like something that is going to go on sale. Like not because it was a bomb, but it seems like the kind of thing that like at Thanksgiving or Christmas, it's like, oh cool, that's going to be like 20 bucks off. And then maybe it's like within the window of what, um, more people be interested in, but um, yeah, I can check in on it as I go. Go ahead, Rob. How does the build quality feel? Because like one thing with something like this is repeated use and exercise. Like that is a hard, that's hard duty that a piece of plastic and grips are are going to go through. Does it feel like it's going to stand up? Like if this became a regular part of your life, do you feel like this is a thing that's still going to be working well in two three months? It uh, two three months. I don't know. I would. I mean. One of the main so one of the main mechanics uh, is that um, when an enemy attack once you finish like using an exercise the enemy has a chance to respond and the way at least in the, the way it's set up currently is that um, you take the ring you put it on uh, your uh, your abdomen uh, your stomach and then you sort of like breathe out and push forward so you're like kind of like stretching that muscle there and then you're putting both of your hands um, on the other side of the ring and you're pushing it in so you're basically folding the ring in in order to like b- b- like puff out your chest and that's like a defense. And so you hold that until the a- attack finishes and that diminishes. It's like doing a block in, in an RPG right, where it's right. like you still take damage, but like you minimize the damage and if you fully block. So it's like if the game is asking you as one of its like core things where every, I don't know, two minutes, three minutes, you're like really pressing like the elasticity of that ring. It, it, fe- it feels like a really good Build quality again. I'm not f- super familiar with this type of equipment, so I can't speak speak to it specifically. Um, but like, I never get the sense that like, uh, as I'm using it, that like I should like hold back or be be worried. I mean, like you can, you know, especially as you do, you. Uh, one of the things that it does is like, in addition to intensity, um, it can you can sort of like set what you want the resistance to be in terms of when it's going to determine whether you've like, if you if you think of the ring. Uh, push in as like a button press, you can sort of like set the sensitivity on that. So like my my daughter at one point wanted to try it. And I think, I don't know, my, my, my strength was set at, let's just say it's like with 70. And I set hers to one where I'm just like barely pressing it in so that she could walk around with it and just like kind of <laughs> tap it. But it just goes to show that even if you... Um, for lack of exercising or for whatever reason, don't like have an issue with like... Um, upper body strength and like being able to press this thing in, you could still do a lot of the other workouts and like minimize what the game is asking you to do um, with like your, your arm strength specifically. So 
Yeah, it seems like a really neat thing. Like, it seems like they did a really... I always thought Wii Fit was, like, interesting, but, like, wish they'd gone further on, like, the gamey route. And right. Ring, Ring Fate Adventure seems like... Going I don't know all, if it's the same team or not, but, yeah, like, but like even really in, going for it. Even in stylization, right? Like, Wii Fit is very cool, but, like, it had, like, such a... Like, intentionally kind of... Yeah. Um, bland. Bl- yeah. Bland is probably the... Is, I was also going to say bland. Well, but it was, like, bland, <laughs> as, bland as, like, cute aesthetic, right? Yeah. Like, there's a reason that, like, yes. the Wii Fit trainer like got a following to the point that they became a character in Smash Brothers. Like there was something to its aesthetic, but it was like, it was, it was stylized blandly. If that like makes any sense. Whereas like ring fit feels very much like you're playing a, you know, an exercise anime, you know, you're, if you do the, if you do the, uh, like a charge up, right. Then like your hair bursts on fire to show that you're at like full ability. If it was really Um, an exercise anime, my friends could be there to support me. I would (laughs) would have a big third act turn where, you know, all that, that's the stuff I need. Anyway, it sounds cool though. I'm glad you're actually trying it out. I I hope you stick with it because I'm curious to see if it's a thing where like a month in you're feeling results or also more importantly, you're like, yeah, I want to stick with it. I didn't, this wasn't a novelty. Do you know what I mean? Like sometimes you get the thing that's like, "Mm, this is interesting. Cool. I could see how this could work for someone, but not me. Bye. (laughs) You know? Yeah, and so I don't. I've my understanding is the story mode is like really long on purpose. You know what right, I mean? Like for it's that, not for that to, end. Yeah, like it's meant to be extremely long and tedious because it's you know well on JRPGs, well you pick the genre <laughs> to be long and tedious. Um, uh, and I'd say that as someone that likes a lot of JRPGs that are long and tedious, but um, it seems like it's got a long campaign. It has a bunch of mini games that seem fine, um, but there also is. Uh, it seems like you can build routines. Like I haven't gotten into that part, but it's like you can separate out from the campaign, like pick these different attacks, which are, you know, these different exercises and build like, Hey, for 20 minutes, let's do pull this, pull this, pull that. And the notion that I can do that, have the game measuring my form, giving me feedback on that so that I, it's, it's on some level keeping me in check. So I'm not being, um, you know, lazy about it as I'm like kind of fumbling through it. I mean, there's certain things it can't do, right? Like when I'm doing like a knee to chest, it all it's, there's only so much you can detect. So yeah. it's not, it's not the same as like someone spotting you. But if, if the, in terms of, if you're like me and someone that like has found themselves like turned off because you get no feedback, this is better than no feedback. And at least in one 30 minute session, like I felt a certain amount of burn that seems to represent that I was doing something right. And I'm so curious to see what the other ones are. Like I only have, four exercises and I think there's 40 plus that you unlock wow. as you go through oh, wow. the game. Okay. Um, so I'm, I'm curious what the variety is there. Like I hope there's like push-ups and stuff like yeah. that too. I so assume there's probably that whole in intensity and yeah, yeah. Section. Yeah. Is yeah. it, are the, yeah. are, are the areas in the game themed around things? Like, are you like, all right now, now this is the squat. Zone. Like this is the <laughs> Isle of squats or is it all just kind no, of, no, it's not, it's not that cheeky, but, um, there, there is like a, an aesthetic theming, but like there is so like there's neat stuff like, um, um, so yeah, your main, uh, progress forward is, is jogging and, you know, there's the dashing if you like need to get through a certain area, but then also like if there's stairs, you can just jog through those stairs, but your, your dude or, or your lady, you know, whoever you choose. Um, um, I want to actually say the game when you build your profile also gives you like, um, this is just a little surprising in a Nintendo game. Like you don't have to choose, uh, like a gender, pronoun, you can like yeah, opt, yeah, yeah. opt out. Like you could just sort of be like, Hey, I, what does that matter for my profile? Which is, right. which is cool, I think. Um, and, um, but like on the stairs, uh, you have to do, uh, 
like knee kicks. Like you've got to like get those knees up to your, up to your chest and like really get them up going. And then your dude just goes flying, flying. up those stairs or <laughs> um, like there's a, there's a, I was going through a swamp area and it's like, if you go in the swamp, you got to do those high kicks in order to get through. So they're like, <laughs> there are ways they use um, the environment to reflect like why you're changing the exercises in, and I, in a way that I think just like it adds a little fun and flair to something yeah. that, especially if you have trouble giving over the hump over just like, just sit down and do these, you know, 20 squats. Like, I don't know, just even just a little bit, maybe that runs out of steam, but maybe what happens kind of like what I happened with running where when I started running, I did things like, uh, I forget what it's called. It was like that run zombie, yeah, like yeah, the, yeah. the app where like a story mm-hmm. goes long, which I found to be very zombies effective. Run, I, I felt zombies, actually, run. Yeah. Yeah. zombies run. Yeah. Yeah. Like I fell off it eventually, but like it was, it was instrumental early in me. Right. Same way like RunKeeper was an early uh, running app and Steven Totillo got into running around the same time as me. So he came run buddies and like just getting there, like just you know, the gamification of exercise and all that stuff can 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 go to some toxic and not necessarily useful places. But I, I as someone that has found they can in certain circumstances and in certain ways, like giving for it's less gamification as much as form, structure and like carrots to players that, that is more than just uh the satisfaction of, you know, uh, doing a set of, of, of motions that maybe make you feel something in your leg. So it seems incredibly well done. Uh, nice. I I'll, I'll check in as I get yeah, further, please, but please if do. you're, if, if you were curious, I, at least in the first 30 minutes, I found it to be a really, really well-made, uh, uh, piece of software and hardware that, uh, I just like all the, I like that they're continuing to do weird experiments. Yeah. Like that is my favorite. Ring Nintendo. Fit Please Nintendo and, keep um, doing that shit. Yeah. Was it La- Labo? Like, which I've yeah. still never messed with. It's I keep cool. waiting for my, do- my daughter to get a little bit older. I feel like four is probably the age where I could screw around that stuff with her without her just breaking it. Um, yeah. but I just <laughs> yeah. like that these things probably don't make a ton of money for them, but they throw it at the wall and then one sticks probably in the way that the Wii stuff worked. And, um, I hope they just keep being strange because this this stuff is cool it really is uh you brought up tedious jrpgs well yeah great i oh, final, you showed final some fantasy screenshots 14 here we go 2x so <laughs> so uh the way that final fantasy 14 is set up is that like 1.0 was the version that launched back forever forever ago 2.0 is a mm-hmm. realm reborn the version that is like good and then each major expansion is the, n- the next number for it so final fantasy 14 3.0 will be oh. is is uh, uh uh heaven's word four is uh storm bringers and then five is shadows sorry shadow hmm, storm blood storm storm, storm blood then shadow bringers yeah. is five uh and then so the way the way that the fandom talks about it is then that number plus or point X is what they call the series of patches that run between the big expansions. So like 2.0, A Realm Reborn, 3.0, Heavensward, 2.X, all mm-hmm. of the, the quests that go between A Realm Reborn and Heavensward. Um, the, that series of – so, hmm. Last time we talked – I'd beaten A Realm Reborn, uh-huh. and uh-huh. I was miserable. <laughs> and what I said straight up was like, if you have an argument for why I should drop – this game now is the fucking time to make it, and instead, of course, what I got were arguments for why I should keep playing. Yep, and I got a bunch <laughs> yeah, of them. Of course, of course, I got a bunch of them, and they were like not they they were weren't good arguments. And then I played for another <laughs> night, and I had a terrible time because I was doing the beginning of the stuff in two point X, and that stuff was like 
run around, do the same basic thing, which was, you remember months ago now, I was talking about the, the beast tribes and all of like uh-huh. this. The, mm-hmm. So they started being like, did you know? Each beast people has one good one, has one gr- small group of good ones, and you're going to go around and meet all the good ones who are good because they're not like the <laughs> other. And I was like, this sucks. Jeez, this still fuck. fucking blows. And it's miserable <laughs> gameplay-wise. Like It's just like go talk to them, kill three things, go back, talk to them again, run all over the place. Just like the most tedious MMO bullshit. And I was like, I'm fucking done. And then I read a very good post over on Reset Era. I'm going to read. I'm going to read this post. I'm going to say right now that okay. there is a... Uh, light, or I'm gonna say it's like it's kind of like um, it's spoilers for these the set of quests that go from 2.0 to Heaven's Word. This is from years ago. This stuff is not new. This is not from the new expansion. If but if you're playing through and you don't want like the big picture of what these quests are about, you might want to skip ahead by like three minutes or whatever. Uh, this is from user Sonic MJ1. Someone linked me to this, and I was like, oh, cool. Uh, and this is what maybe like, all right, I'll give it one more shot. Um, the base Realm Reborn campaign is the most trite sort of chosen one hero tale, a nonstop parade of fetch quests and chores that allows you to earn the trust of everyone you meet and bring the whole gang together so you can take on the evil empire and save the day. When I got to that point in this post, I was like, yup, okay, this is a good post because that's exactly what that fucking story was. <laughs> but after you've repelled the bad guys, the story continues and everyone has to figure out how they're going to handle the peace. The other threats and issues that come up over the course of 2.x, which are paid off further down the road, the key question uh, is that... Is is, is what you and the three nations of the Aorzean Alliance are going to do with the momentum built up after everyone teamed up for this big military operation. And the world finally starts pushing back on you because you and your friends fuck up bad. You start spending more time with the main gang of heroes, the Scions, uh, as they start to take the lead in, in, organize, in organizing the unified front. Though the biggest and most pressing threats have been addressed, there are a number of persistent problems that need to be tackled. The primal gods keep uh, popping up and wrecking havoc, uh, wreaking havoc. There are these dark cloaked figures linked to their repeated summonings. There are stubborn neighbors in the north who won't join the alliance and are fighting a war against dragons. And the Empire could come back at any time. The science decide the best way to handle these problems is to put together an organization under a unified banner that can help bring the might of all three nations to Eorzea to bear. And they're like, yeah, okay, that's basically the same as the basic 2.0. That's a wonderful thing in theory. The problem is the three nations all have their own shit to deal with and only so many resources they can spend on things when they've just spent lives in war. There's a persistent refugee crisis and things still need rebuilding. So the Scions have to look elsewhere for funding and manpower. Fortunately, they find that through one of the trade guild leaders of the Sultanate slash oligarchy of Ulda, willing to contribute some of his fortune for the cause. All well and good because who wouldn't want to pitch in fighting the good fight against the chaos and bad things? What the Scions fail to appreciate to their great detriment at the end of this arc is that these resources come at a cost. The more problems they try to tackle at once, the more they're stretched thin, the less they can supervise, the more they have to delegate to people more beholden to the man with the purse strings than the purity of the cause. And he's more interested in domestic power politics than creating some pie-in-the-sky utopia. You gradually begin to realize that the plot unfurling in your midst, uh, you gradually begin to realize the plot unfurling in your midst, but it's too late to prevent what's coming. When it all comes to a head in a massive sequence of cutscenes at the end of the patch, the signs are scattered to the winds, uh, pariahs in the lands they had saved. And I was like, yo, Yup, okay. Let me try to play a little bit more. <laughs> let me let me just put a <laughs> little just... okay. Let me this is my shit. The idea of like heroes my one of my favorite things in kind of epic fantasy fiction and especially in uh stories where like you do the, the world saving thing is like the what next and when mm-hmm. 
forces come to bear against you or where like, hey, we made you super powerful. You don't get to just keep being that thing. Um, there's a Dragon Age Inquisition DLC called uh, Trespass. Not Trespass. Trespasser. Is that the last one? I think it's Trespasser. God, I hope I'm not getting confused. Uh, uh, the final Dragon Quest Inquisition DLC is fantastic for that because they're like, hey, you built like an ad hoc super army and everyone thinks of you as the cool leader of the world, but you're not. We have countries. <laughs> we know. We're going to basically sovereign? put you on trial, basically. Yeah, exactly. And figure <laughs> out what to do with this force you've raised. Um, I love it when stories do that. Or when when they do the thing of like, hey, in your overexpansion, you get pulled too thin. The second mm. uh, season of uh, Gundam Iron-Blooded Orphans is a great example of that also. Also, look at the history of the world. <laughs> look at <laughs> look at what happens. Um, and, and so like that gave me the push to like get back on the, on the cart. And so now I come to you with, with options. Um, we can talk about any one of these things. Uh, uh, we could talk about all of them, but I'd rather just hear what you want to hear. Or, you know, there's the refugee crisis, which I got at the, the beginning of. Mm. I think that stuff is really interesting. There's a series of quests about a cartoon detective, which is Wait. very weird. Um, cartoon how? So I didn't. So his, his <laughs> name is Hildebrand, and he Hildy is. This game looks like a JR. This game looks like a 3D JRPG. Uh-huh. But they animate these this series of quests like it's a cartoon. Like huge over-exaggerated facial animations, like weird cartoon sound effects. Uh there's like a next time on at the end of every major quest arc with like fitting <laughs> like like animation and music and like title cards like Hildebrand will return and da 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 da. Um it is I don't like this guy. This guy fucking sucks. Yeah. But the way his eyes open real big or his mouth does like a <laughs> and there's like weird sound effects is all like, oh, they figured. I mean, that is the, the real lesson for all of this is they figured out how to make characters work. Uh -huh. They figured out that I don't give a fuck about crystals. I care about characters. <laughs> and like again and again, they've done stuff to like center characters and animate them in interesting ways and have like cool things. Anyway, the other option you have here is the time I got vored by a big dog. But you could pick. <sighs> Which of those you want to hear about? Wait, is the is the is, is the say that. is the vor is the vord? How long is that story? Uh, so let I me tell you. I feel like this is like in Ghostbusters where they're like, choose the form the traveler <laughs> will take, <laughs> and like as long as we just sit here and empty our heads. Uh huh. I won't have to. Yeah, totally. It won't. <laughs> So, yeah, it's like there's a big crystal, and of course, and of course, the result of that is everyone looking at me and like Patrick. You kept thinking of Vore. <laughs> yeah, Vore the Carpathian. <laughs> bad, 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 cursed. Oh, it explains a lot about yeah. Anyway, um, the world of darkness is a place. Where you go. It's here. It's right here now, right now. Podcast. We're living in it. Uh, there's a, so I unlocked a series of raids, and I did those raids. And those raids are nice. about this ancient alien. Not, they're not alien. They're like pre-current pre civilization super technology made of crystal bullshit. How many people are those? 24. Okay. And you just do, they're just like a rate. There's a duty there's finder. A, yeah, you just yeah. get added to it. Um, so I, I did those and, and those have like really interesting story stuff around it of people like this group of people trying to investigate the past and blah, 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 blah. And that stuff's cool. I'm just, I'm not going to spoil it. I'm not going to get into it because it's like worth seeing and they're good cutscenes. There's like really like dynamic, energetic cutscenes. Again, they figured out the thing that you, you're going to care about most is characters. And that has helped a lot. I get to the final one of these raids. There's three of them. They're all about kind of breaking into this big place. 
The final one is about passing from it into this like realm of darkness, climbing a weird alien tower, finding a bunch of creatures and confronting, I don't know, some weird, in, you know, embodied vision of evil. I don't know. Anyway, about four <laughs> steps into that thing, you're climbing the tower. You pause real quick. At the top, I was like, hey, this is my first time running it. And someone else was like, oh, me too. And the third person was like, don't worry. Just remember A equals ads, B equals belly, C equals chains. And I said, okay. And so I, every one of these fights I get into, I'm like, hmm, no, there's nothing here yet. No chains, no belly. Because uh, I should explain, you're assigned in raids, which are big 24-person things, you're assigned an alliance. You're assigned a group, either A, B, or C. So it's like, okay, I guess at some point I'm in, I'm in alliance. I'm in belly. I'm in the belly group. I guess I got to deal with the belly at some point. <laughs> so I, every fight I go into it, and I'm like, what's up with this belly? At some point, I'm like, that's I'm gonna, me every day with Ring Fit Adventure. What, what do I do with this belly? So I'm like, let me pull up a wiki. Just I don't like to spoil these things for myself, but let me just have it on hand, just in case. And I'm playing with another friend, uh, and and she's like, I was on Chain's team last time, so I think I, I I bet it's just you hit the belly when it it gets weak and you hit the belly. And I'm like, all right, cool. We go through a few fights. Things are going okay. Like we hit like some hurdles. Like these these uh, the game has also started adding um, uh, uh, mechanics to the fights, which is good. Yeah. Uh, like little gimmicks, little like things to learn what to do. Like, oh, hey, in the middle of this fight against this boss, a bunch of weird orbs are going to start moving towards the center. Make sure you stop fighting the boss and start killing the orbs so that they don't they don't all hit. And if they all hit, there's a huge AOE that hurts everybody, right? Stuff like that. Little like extra things to pay attention to besides doing your rotation right. Um, so we get to the dog and... And the person who said it to begin with was like, remember, A equals ads, B equals belly, C equals chain. And everyone is like, okay. And we get there. And someone finally, who's braver than me, goes, wait, what does B equals belly mean? And our leader goes, oh, stand in the purple. Now, at this point, I'd been skimming the, the wiki. And the wiki is very clear. Step one, stand next to the gastric orb mob to get hit by mini spell and shrunk to small size. Two, stand in the purple goo, bolded, to get eaten by the boss. Do not stand in the purple goo if you don't have the mini debuff as Cerberus will kill you. So our leader is like, just get in the purple. And I'm I'm seeing the train wreck coming. I'm like, we. I could just say it. I could just say, wait. Don't we need the gastric orb debuff? But I can't type those words out because maybe they patched this thing and maybe the wiki I'm looking at is wrong. And then I'm the guy who's like, we need to be near the gastric orbs. We need the gastric <laughs> debuffs. And those words are already God, you're like ridiculous. a nurse attending a delicate surgery yes. and you know the surgeon just yes, fucked up. I know, it, I know that he fucked up, Rob. And I'm like, everyone get in the purple. You get in the purple, you're stuck. Like it's, it's like glue. And everyone just stands in the purple and it's like, 10 seconds are passing. Also, you just need to understand there's a laser light show happening during all this because it's 24 people in a, in a JRPG MMO just doing their biggest, most ridiculous attacks, <laughs> but not not belly team because we all got in the purple and that imme immediately freezes you. So it's as if one third of the laser light show just gets shut down and then the Cerberus, this big three-headed dog, gigantic, bigger, like, you know, 20 times as big as any of us, turns, boom, 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 faces us and goes, Rawr! and then just like, chomp dead all of us dead whole fucking one third of the lines dead as we get eaten and that's it dead and i'm like all right we wiped let's go back oh, to we run it back through we go back to he said that should have worked you got in the purple everyone got in the purple and finally i was like um the wiki says 
we need to stand near the gastric orbs. He's like, oh, the gastric orbs, right, right. Everyone go near a gastric orb before they get in the purple. And at this point, I still don't know what, what I'm thinking, right? Like, I, so I'm talking to my friend, and she is like, I think you just like stand there, you get you get tiny, and then it moves you to the middle of like the the enemy's model, and then you can do damage. Like it just like, you know, you see the fight, you do damage, and I'm like, oh, okay, okay, cool. And I get in the I get tiny. I, I stand near a gastric orb. It makes me tiny. I don't know why gastric orbs do that, but they do. These are like orbs of purple and en- poison energy looking things. You stand in the purple. I get tiny. I tell my friend, like, oh, hey, you have to get the gastric orb and get tiny because I think we're going in there. And she's like, what do you? No, we're not going any. We're not going anywhere. I'm just going to stay out here. I'm like, no, you're team B. You're team belly. Get in the belly, please. And so she's like, all right, I'll do it. And she gets her gastric thing and she gets eaten before me somehow. I don't know how. I don't know how she skipped her fucking line in the queue. I don't know if she was lined up better, but she immediately just screamed. She was like, ah, like, what is, what is happening? And then finally the Cerberus vored me and inside, the Cerberus I was in a stomach I was in the belly I was in the belly there were muscle there's musculature there is there were things that would show up that looked like little piles of poo that were just called like something it was like level 50 something (laughs) (laughs) they were like (laughs) stomach points to hit like oh it was it was like a fever dream it was like they made a qu- they made a quest they made a a 24 they made a raid they made the highest tier content you could make in this game where if you don't get tiny and then eaten you cannot win the fight you cannot i guess if you were level level 80s or something and you turned off the level sync shit you could just push through and be like no i'm just going i'm not going in that belly i'm staying out here anyway we killed it and then we fought a big face in the darkness um, after that. Oh, good. And I got a coat. Nice. Which is a good coat. I needed a new one oh, after being in the belly. <laughs> I was not really interested in wearing the same clothes ever again. Um, but like that combination of three of things, weird, gimmicky, funny fights. Um, the interest in them, like telling stories about characters. And then, yeah, this refugee crisis shit. I sent you all those screenshots of like the beginning of that plot line beginning to unfurl as like, it does the thing really well of like, oh, hey, there are people here who need help. Uh, and also they're refugees specifically because you went to war with the Empire and they were like, this is our chance. We're going to fight back against the Empire because the Empire is distracted and they don't do well against that in that fight. Like despite they're like trying to ride the the wave, but they don't get any support from anyone else. And then their their like rebellion gets crushed. And so they have to flee their homeland and become exiles and refugees. And uh, they come to your doorstep and everyone around you is like, damn, I'd love to help. I, oh, you know what? I'd love to. You know, I bet you there'd be some profit in it if we helped. Like those are the two options. you get. It's like, I bet I bet you we could make this work for us. I do need workers versus no, you can't do this. The law is the law versus I would love to do this. But remember last time you said no to those other refugees. And it's complicated in all of those ways. That's like actually really fascinating. Um, so I, I don't think I've made the turn yet because I, then I did some other shit that was like not particularly interesting. <laughs> there was a dragon though, or like not a dragon, like a Leviathan, like a sea beast. And that shit was dope. Um, it's getting there. It's, it's getting to where they understand how to make the thing that is interesting be on screen more often. There's also a lot more voice acting suddenly. There's been like a lot more time spent with, with the, the characters I'm kind of interested in. So mm-hmm. I'm very happy to have like started to make this turn my understanding is a lot of these quests still end up being boring as shit so i'm, I'm ready for 
another week of it being like, ugh, I can't believe they took a dip again. But I hit like the good section. Like I hit the section that was like, yo, there I can see the version of this game that I love, you know? Yeah. Um, and we'll see if it sticks. Mm. I don't know if it will. Uh, that is my Final Fantasy fourteen update. Thank you for letting me talk about the belly of the beast. It's very good. <sighs> There's like a lot in that thing. The in the belly, no, in the game that is um, <laughs> that I wish people could just see. Like I wish you could yeah, just sure. see that shit because it's like, yo, that cutscene was dope. But it is such a, a slog to get to the point that I'm at. That I'm at, and then also you need to like MMOs. Uh-huh. Like, so. yeah, that's a problem. That's like a fundamental. That's Dude, the reason I've never played any of these. It is, and like, it's a bummer that the. A lot of that stuff that I love is only in big multiplayer stuff. Like, it's only in the raids. It's only in the dungeons. That's, like, where the best mechanics are. That's where, like, even some right. of the coolest character beats have been tied to that stuff. Yeah. Um, there's, like, a whole arc that I had uh, with the, this adventure. You meet this other adventuring party when you're, like, level 10, uh, when you start doing, like, dungeons for the first time. And there's, like, a whole tragic tale to this, like, it's, like, uh, it's as if you ran into another D&D party, mm. and they do, things do not go well for them, and then out of nowhere, towards the, like, the end of, I guess, where I'm at now, you get a dungeon that's, like, and here is what happened to them. Uh-oh, things went really rough. Oof. And I was, like, man, that stuff's cool. I yeah. wish I hadn't had to play for 40 hours before I saw the end of that that arc. Right. Um, but, yeah, I'll, I'm gonna also keep checking out on Final Fantasy fourteen because... It does. It started to truly have its hooks in me now that nice. I see that they learned lessons. You know, did you uh, keep playing? Yeah, I, I took a small break. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Because I hit a, a level. I had to level to grind. Just grind. Yeah. Which is fine. I, I did dungeons. The yeah. dungeons were cool. I got some random neat ones that I don't, don't know what the fuck is happening because they're in the story. Yeah. I, I'm sure there's spoilers in there. I wouldn't know. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, but they're really fun, and <clears throat> the story is. Uh, still really interesting really like it, it like obviously is building off of a lot of those same themes of like you know who's in power what are they doing with like it's a whole thing and i don't want to spoil it because it's shadowbringers is the most recent one yeah, so yeah, i don't, yeah. don't want to get into but it's that it, same but... style of like like interlocking priorities yeah. and political affiliations mm-hmm. and promises and shit like that totally yeah um uh, I took a break to play Nier, though. Oh, hell yeah, Nier Automata. <laughs> because I hadn't finished, I was at the end, I didn't actually know how close I was to the end of Route A, the first the first playthrough. How close were you? Like, uh, an hour and a half. Okay. <laughs> and then I went through and did B Did you watch the, the trailer for C? Yes, I did. Okay. And I was like, oh, okay. That moment, that is. drop is so good. Yeah. Finishing up, when you finish up Route B in Nier Automata, they show a trailer, a trailer for Route C, and you're like, oh shit, oh uh, uh, oh, yeah. Uh-huh. There's this whole other game. <laughs> there's here. a whole yeah. There's a whole ass other thing going on. That's that's what I'm really excited to get to. I'm definitely gonna do that this week and probably nice. check in on Friday or whatever. Calling them endings is so misleading. It, it, is. it really because is. It's even though because well, I, 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 I worry how many people have been discouraged from checking it out because because I initially had that reaction of like, ugh. Like really, like cool. Can't wait to like play a game thirty times. Yeah. It's like that's not true. That doesn't tell the whole story. And it's just like our 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 thought of oh, a bunch of different endings is disconnected from the actual way that like that game plays out yeah. and yeah. toys with narrative. Um, I, I it can also be game. like there's a lot of side quests, like a yes, lot of side quests, yes. and like you can really make that experience extra long in a way that 
if you're trying to get through all of the the like main what what is the actual game yeah. might extend it. Side quests are great though. They are. Oh, there's the some really robots are like really good a huge part of the appeal. Yeah, I don't think I did as many of those as I could in A, and then in B, nine S sucks like 9s yeah. like he's meant to suck he's meant to be like a little shitty prick yeah and he is yeah and and like that's intentional but i also just didn't love being him as much yeah and so by the midpoint of my route b playthrough i was like eh, i'm gonna ease back i'm gonna take a step back and i and not fi- I, you know i finished up one or two that i knew were supposed to be really good ones mm-hmm. but i did did let a, a few of them slip by yeah i did most in, in a and then coming back to it as like, i totally lost the plot so i was like fuck it i'm just gonna beeline the main stuff in B. Cool. Uh, to try to get to what I hear is the more different, even more different stuff in C. So I'm yeah, excited yeah. to get For there. For people who don't know, the Route B stuff is like, it's the same game, but from a different perspective with yeah. some different, some added information uh, and Definitely. a different mechanic around like the way you kill bosses and stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. You're not as good of a fighter, but you can hack. Which is like playing a top down. It's like, like a shmup. It's like a shmup. Yeah. yeah. It's like a, it's like a, a twin stick shmup almost, right? Because you're, yeah, yeah, you're moving yeah, around yeah. a, a, t- a yeah, top-down yeah. space like Robotron or Galaxy Wars. Yeah. Um, Shout-outs to Galaxy Wars. <laughs> Galaxy yeah. Wars, is that right? Is that the name of the thing I'm thinking of? No. No, what is it called? Why am I blanking? Geometry Wars? Geometry Wars, not Galaxy yeah. Wars. Geometry Wars. Um, we should take a break. When we come back, we just have some, some more stuff to talk about, uh, including something that I'm very eager, Rob, to tell you that I played this weekend. So you should get excited for that. Uh, let's take a quick break. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. All right, we are back. Um, I beat Outer Worlds. Patrick, are you still hammering away on Outer Worlds? Yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm um, made my way to like I finished out the stuff on Groundbreaker. Okay, like, uh, that you could accomplish. Yes, did all the stuff with uh, Bavardi's, uh, uh, uh June Lay uh, with companion stuff. June yeah, Lay. Yeah, yeah. Until then, you have to go off world to continue that uh, quest. And then I think uh, the first place I headed to, I'm in. Um, Terra to the other place. It's the first uh, area Ro- that you're yeah. in, but a different spot of that Rosewater, planet. probably. Rosewater. Rose something. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cool. I did Rosewater in such a weird... I I did not know there was a settlement on Rosewater until I was done everything in the wilds of Rosewater. Uh, oh, so you just didn't go forward? You went around? I went left, yeah. I was like, oh, there's this other thing right here. Let me go check out that first. And I already had a quest over in this other place. I think I had like a go huh. find a science weapon quest over in yes. like a facility. And I was like, let me just go grab that super quick. And then that is a whole fucking thing. So I had resolved everything on Rosewater by the time I got to Rosewater proper. And I walked in there and people were like, 
Uh, ex- excuse me, excuse me. Did you go do some <laughs> stuff? Yeah, Rob. You look confused. Uh, do they acknowledge it that you did it out of order? Like, uh, it's a, it's a lot of options of like, oh, do you mean this gun or this, you know, uh, this thing right here? Right. Uh, stuff like that. But yeah, I had none of the sound. I'm here. kind of baffled that literally there's one road from the landing pad. Yeah, I went yeah. left because the, a, I mean, and, and you look and you you look up left and. I looked up to that left, and it's a big mountain that I was like, "Oh, that doesn't seem like like an obvious path." So I'm just gonna go, you know, what the uh, the aesthetic says, which is like, <laughs> it's it's like a yellow brick road. Yeah, well, like to give people like a, a sense of like, a, it's just straight. This is a perfect analogy for actually what my big discovery was with my feelings of this game, which is, it is it is it is quote unquote, you know, we always say, "Oh, it's one of those." For me. It failed to be one of those because the thing I like to do is go left and be like, oh, well, what's over here? Sure. Let me stumble into things. Let me feel like I'm inhabiting a world that doesn't really want to funnel me through content valleys or that doesn't really care about me at all, even though obviously it does, right? When when Fallout New Vegas or Fallout 4 or Fallout 3 or or the Elder Scrolls games, like this style of big open world RPG, uh, or, you know, you can go back to the Gothic series. You can look at something like Outward that came out this year. This style of open world, the computer, you know, Western open world RPG obviously does have funnels and corridors designed there's a really interesting map of the way fallout new vegas does actually bring you through a path that just you don't see the path but based on kind of like where enemies are and the way quests move there's actually kind of a a linear spiral around this the the map that leads you but those games because of their openness in contrast to like the four or five or six little zones in outer worlds uh because of the kind of multiplicity of systems that have nothing to do with solving the main story content um, because of the way AI actors function in those, in those games, especially in like, I'd say in new Vegas and four where you can often come across factions fighting against each other, etc. You get a sense that you're just a small fry in a big world. Whereas in outer worlds, I felt like I was walking down the yellow brick road. I was Dorothy. This was made for me. This was my dream. Um, and I think it's doubly true once once I realized how little of the so- – like, you have to understand that I play – when I play Elder Scrolls, at this point, if I go back and play Skyrim, I install the mod that is like, you are not the, you are not the dragonborn, where you're just a random person. Like, I don't want to <laughs> be – and maybe I'll be the random person who joins the fucking Thieves Guild and becomes the – Greyhawk or whatever the end of the Thieves Guild thing is. I forget it's been so long. But I don't I, – I love those games for making me be able to kind of disappear into a crowd of, of bots that are faking it just enough to make it seem like it's a world where things are happening. And the other world just doesn't do that. And that, I know that it's not what everyone comes to these for at all. Like I understand that I'm part of a subset of people who wants there to be farming in the game even if I'm not going to be doing the farming. <laughs> like I want those systems because it, it for some reason it creates the sense that what I'm – that I have a choice between different types of lives in that in that world, and that's not what Outer Worlds is going I, I, for. This, well, the scope of the game just like does totally not, like they, it's, they decided it's, like it's, it's, they bit off one part yes, of yes, like what yes. a lot of people like from these types of games and said that's what we're that's hundred percent like, that's what we have the budget for. Let's focus yeah. on this to try to make this the best version of that that we can. I think that there's even narratively some stuff that happens, uh, Rob, that you alluded to in terms of like, oh wow. There's a through line here that you don't even expect, right? Like there is like some revelations in the last act. I do think that if you're having a good time with the game, even though I'm criticizing it, like 
I think if you're having a good time, you should finish it just to see the way that they reveal a sort of like uh, an underlying subtext and, ma- and, and make that thing text. Um, mm. Because I think that's really interesting and well done. Um, but what it, it, but it isn't ever going – what I realize is like, oh, shit. I think the thing I would have rather done is mod Fallout 4 and try that again or go back and play some more New Vegas. Not rather done, but like that would have scratched – a different itch. Uh, but that is why I go right. left in Rosewater, go climb the thing, go, like, oh, what's over here? What's going over here? What's, what's, if I could, if I could have it so that, and maybe I can, and there's an option in here that I just didn't turn on or something, but you land on a planet, you can see the whole map of everything, right? Instantly. Yeah, that's a little weird. And it's like, oh, I can see the valleys they want me to walk through. I can see the corridors. I can see where the content lives. There's these houses here. There's those houses there. <laughs> there's going to be a quest there. There's probably at least one cannibal in one of these houses somewhere because it's one of these games. Well, because there's not that many options. Like the the, the worlds are so limited yes. that you, where there's a density to it that just implies like if yeah. there's a if there's a couple of buildings, this isn't just a building to like make the world seem lived in. It's like, no, there's going to be a quest there because there's only three sets of buildings and like, totally. um, you're going to be in each area for at least a couple of hours. So there's content is, is, is hiding. Yeah. And that's a trade off that they decided to make and I'm not opposed yeah. to it. Um, but, but it is one of those things, Rob specifically, I wish I had realized this when we first started talking about the game because you don't have that background at all, right? You you haven't played the Fallout's or the or the modern Fallout's rather, uh, or the Elder Scrolls games, right? Right. Um, and I wish I'd had it because it was one of those things where I, you and I were lining up on. We we talked a lot about like the politics of the games and the writing and all that other stuff, and I couldn't quite get at why something felt off to me. And this is the thing. This was the big thing for me that felt off was not be, not. It not scratching the itch of feeling like I was in a world that would run itself without my absence, you know, which again, thematically is maybe one of the questions of the game. Um, uh, also, oh, uh, the UI, this with the UI in this game is just, <laughs> just atrocious. Yeah. Um, like dealing with, I've just stopped picking up liquids. Yep. Just don't need don't, them. Don't like, need them. Who uses them? There is them? no world, like there so for people who don't um, haven't played Outer Worlds or, or or understand how some sometimes the way like temp like temporary items work is like let's say you walk up to a door and like you're just a little under on like lock picking often you can like use an item to like goose your 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 ability yeah. to kind of like open it's like my last thirty stacks. seconds yeah it's, yeah it's meant to just be like okay temporarily like because you're two points off get through this thing this game has tons of those yep but like. One, I, they haven't seemed necessary um, in a way that I found them necessary or interestingly weaved in uh, in, in previous like games of this type. Um, and also just I don't like selling things, dealing with every time I pull up the menu. Yep. Like I get stressed out and annoyed to the point where it's like I'm not I'm not upgrading weapons. I'm not adding mods like like, what's the difference between a shock and the, the red one? I'm not really sure. I Put think the one shock of them is for, on there. Shock's for, on, yeah. for, for robots, I guess. But, like, it's... Dude, I, stopped uh, picking up, getting... I stopped picking up weapons a little over halfway through this game. There's a moment <laughs> when you get start getting Mark II stuff. Like, oh, this is a Mark II assault rifle. That's it. Like, get that. You're good. Hit the tinker button a few times later to raise its stats, I guess. It, yeah. But that is it. Like, there aren't... 
again, it just wasn't where they were focused in terms of what they were adding. And again, that is part of it. Like Fallout has- But then I would would have preferred like way less, just like streamline it. Just like, look, say, look, what- part of what you're speaking to, some of the stuff that you were looking for that's not in the game, if you're not going to do that, I think like directly connected to that is stuff like the junk, right? Yeah, like Fallout. Totally. 100%. I, think, I didn't like Fallout 4 um, at all, but I, they thought through like how players use junk, how players deal with items and found really smart ways that if you don't want to deal with that stuff or even the junk that you do collect has like utility. Yes. And like th- break that, it down that really system, that's, that system was actually really solid. I every every game that deals in this in this sandbox like need like should have just take what Fallout 4 did and either copy it or build on it because like that's what I wanted from games like that in the future is like if you're going to give me dozens of items to deal with in like an hour like I need to have efficiency with how like why I know that so Outer Worlds has technically a mark for junk button yes. which is like you it puts it into a separate pile so that you can either sell that stuff or you can break it down for you know weapon parts and armor parts um what i really want is just like yo can i hit a button that just like just spec my character like just w- the best stuff like i don't even or give me an option like because sorting through it is such a pain because the comparison stuff yep. is super confusing despite the fact that i'm like 12 hours in i'm still not fully like oh, sometimes here's a, get- a tip really quick go into the options and turn on the thing that says uh show me what the damage this weapon will actually do for my character Hit that box. Yeah, that's a box. Excuse? So there's a box in the option. (laughs) So by default, it is showing you the DP. So by default, it's showing you DPS, right? Which is sustained fire, sustained damage done over time if you do hits with all all the things. That's fine. I I don't mind that. And you can turn that on or off. You can instead say, give me the damage for one specific round, right? I'm not talking about that. There's another thing in the options that you can turn on that says, tell me what I will actually do with my skill set with this weapon. Because if you have higher long guns than handguns or heavy weapons than than long guns, you're going to be doing different damage. Or if you have different gear on, because you have a thing... And that's Ugh. off by default, as far as I saw. As far, for my, I believe it doesn't take it into account. It does not by default. You have to go oh, in and turn that fuck. on. And like the second, <laughs> let me tell you, that's a difference of hundreds of points of DPS. Turning Jeez. that on or off. So yeah, the UI not great. But again, it doesn't matter. It, let me tell you, it doesn't matter because you're going to hold the trigger down just longer. Hold the, just hold the trigger down longer, or and you'll be fine, right? Um, on, yeah, and I mean, I guess with like what I'm I was saying, normal. Is we're all playing I, on normal, I think, right? Yeah, but yeah, Pat, uh, but, but it kicked it up to hard. Oh, uh, you did, okay? Because because of everything this. was just yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it I guess I just been. need to realize that I need to just not like just stop picking stuff up. Yep. Like, uh, like the only thing I, re- I need money, I need money right now. Like, I, I need like ten thousand bits to buy some piece of story content yes, like yeah. to move it. So it's like, basically once I hit that, then I'll just only pick up what seem to be like important things as opposed to, but I'm just so trained and I guess I'm just frustrated that the game, well, you put it here. So I, w- I hoped you would have thought this part through and it just feels like it's there because yeah. it's a bullet point. Yep. Um, like, Oh, we, this is what you do in these games as opposed to having thought through, okay, given the scope of what we want to accomplish, does this make sense to include it at the scale that we have? And it doesn't. Um, it's well, kind of just there because I like picking stuff up and selling it, I guess. But it's not even fun. Like the interface is no fun to even accomplish that task. I was sort of getting in this conversation with Emmanuel the other day. We were talking about just encumbrance and how games deploy it. Uh, why does sometimes it feels totally pointless? Other times a game wouldn't be the same without it. Um, 
but it got me thinking about how so much of what informs your just bog standard RPG goes back to RPG systems like Dungeons and yeah. Dragons yep. or GURPS or stuff that had uh, really familiar language and mechanics and ideas that like we return to again and again. D&D, one of the first things you do is you sort of part of specking out your character, basically, is you have your first like hypothetical shopping run where what's the stuff my character has to begin the game? And you go and you look up the cost of different goods and you complete your character's kit and you're done. And there's this idea that the merchant will continue to be a thing in D&D. But in practice, every D&D campaign rapidly begins to like render all that shopping basically moot unless you have a, D- a DM who's really being a stickler and wants to run like a survival sim <laughs> yes. D&D campaign. Yes. But nobody I've ever played with or no game I've ever run has really followed that rule. Your your party generally has what it needs. It has the food. It has the camping equipment, whatever. You can travel. These are not interesting like obstacles for your party to solve unless for some story reason it needs to be there. I feel like so much of computer game RPG design is badly in need of some of the revolutions we've seen in tabletop RPG design where you start with thinking like, what's the type of story I want to tell? Is is it psychological horror like dread? Do I want to create a system that creates like the dilemmas now become psychological? What your character ate for dinner? Who gives a shit? Uh, what weapon you know you're you're kitted out with? That's not really what you're fighting. You can't just shoot. Right. That's not that's not the interesting dilemma here. And we now have in tabletop spaces all these different RPG systems that, to greater or lesser extents, and Austin, you know far more about this than I, uh, succeed in trying to mechanize different types of conflict and storytelling and. Uh, different sorts of trials that a party or character can face. If you go to the computer game, uh, you know, the the computer RPG section, everything is still very much in that D&D model of whether or not it's material to the point. There's going to be a fucking shop. And if there's going to be a shop, there's going to be a currency and there's going to be loot. And even if the campaign is structured so that you never need to shop, And Outer Worlds, I argue, is structured that way. If you do the quests, you will have the weapons you need. You will have whatever food and health health items. You will get everything you need just like going on critical path. Nevertheless, there's all these systems dangling off it just that feel vestigial. Well, this is the thing that ended up being – it's so funny because on one hand, I want to be the person who advocates for – or who says the thing that fits me best is the – almost excessive amount of side systems in the Elder Scrolls and Fallout, the Bethesda Fallout games, because they produce a certain a sort of effect. And that effect is is affective. Like, it's just about a feeling deep. It's, like, deep in me. Like, it's, it's not even, like, a thing I want to put into an argument and say is good game design. But it is about, like, wow, there's a whole system for crafting spells in, in Morrowind uh, and, and in... Uh, God, was that in Oblivion? Did they pull it out of Oblivion? I can't remember if they pulled it out of Skyrim or Oblivion. Anyway, in Morrowind, there's a whole system of crafting spells. I could like become a person who does that, or I could be over here and be someone who does this completely other thing with alchemy, and like that stuff does produce a certain effect. And that that is also coming out of that same heritage, that same legacy, uh, uh, Rob, of like 
tabletop game design that is just like got to give uh, got to write a new splat book got to write a 120 book of a, a page book of new mechanics so that we can keep moving product before we release the new full edition of the game and we want some some way to spice up stuff at the table and it comes out of that stuff so so on one hand i'm like countering that and saying no i want more excessive shit i want i want to feel like uh, i could take any one of these different character paths but on the other hand i think you're exactly right in terms of what should be happening in the computer or in the in the video game RPG space, but also in video games in general. The tabletop game scene, the, the RPG space especially, is so vibrant right now uh, in exactly the way you talked about, in, in looking at ways of, looking at what is it we want players to do. What is like the primary verb we want players to do? What is the type of experience we want to give them? Dread is a fantastic example of a way to, to play a horror game that is not about that doesn't look you don't look down at your sheet and go like well how many uh, you know how many points do I have in science while I'm doing this science how check? many dream bullets do <laughs> yeah, we have exactly exactly and let me tell you if you want to play the dream bullets game there are games out there that have been made better for that if you want to play the encumbrance game you can go play Torchbearer a game I've talked about before disclosure I'm like the the writer of Torchbearer and I are extremely close friends and 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 roommates so like uh, there's not a shill for that and and also disclosure on that front but Torchbearer is like an inheritor of that style of D&D encumbrance-focused stuff that actually encourages you and enables you to play a game in which that stuff is handled not just well, but like as a source of drama and and uh, as a source of like uh, interesting dynamic play at the actual table. Um, you know, the tabletop space is filled with people who are making stuff that starts at let me make a game about blank instead of what is the market miss what where is the market white space um, and let me really sit down and craft stuff and to be clear I get that tabletop role we could make a tabletop role playing game today on this call it, it would be something functional maybe not something someone wants to sp spend 30 40 50 60 bucks on but we could come up with an interesting mechanic about something and prototype it very cheaply so like I think that's part of why there is so so much interesting uh, uh, development in that space, but I would love to see more of that filter into the world of game video games. Obviously, I will say again, Disco Elysium is something that's very, very clearly inspired by the tabletop role-playing game space, down to the dice showing up on screen, uh, down to them explaining their dice mechanic in blogs and blah, 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 and, and in enabling sort, sort of interactions that I'm talking about around a multiple different different ways of placing yourself in the world and having your background open up possibilities instead of it all basically coming down to did you get the headshot or not, you know? Or again, in Outer Worlds, it's not even did you get the headshot or not. It's like, did you have the intimidate? Did you, did you have either intimidate, lie, or persuade? They all get you to the same place. And if not, did you do you have a gun equipped? Because <laughs> if you do, you're going to be fine. <laughs> Right, and I think this is where I think the other thing that makes it tough to be a game like Outer Worlds, and maybe this is not a thing I should be taking with me into the experience of playing it. Nevertheless, it's there. Uh, a lot of immersive sims, what they turned into, also began to blur the lines with RPGs. Right now, one of the thing, one of the reasons Prey ends up falling apart a little bit is because it is such an RPG that you basically become so systematically overpowered by the end of it that the tension steadily drips out of the experience. 
But nevertheless, we've played a lot of different versions of games that do stealth well, games that deploy RPG-type mechanics to do stealth well. Uh, and this is not a new development. If you go back to you know one of the most famous levels in games, the Liberty Island mission from mm-hmm. Deus Ex sort of begins with that. Here are multiple approaches to solving this problem. There is a, you know, there's a really elaborate stealth path you can take. There's direct assault. Um, and to play a game like The Outer Worlds, stealth exists as this option that the game, it's it's a boring option. Right? Like, you will just be less observable to guards who are already really, really have this narrow cone of awareness. So you can basically brush past them even without good stealth stats. And your reward for being good at stealthy is basically just being able to, like, okay, walk past this guard who's completely oblivious, go to the door that has the high lockpick check, open the door, go get the thing. Yeah. And that's. And and that's your reward. That's how that system works. And get and less I think experience for it. You might as well actually just kill all the guards because that's what, I'm well, saying. what you really end up doing is you kill the guards, you unlock the lock, you steal all the shit, you talk to whoever is left to talk to. Uh-huh. You and do it all. Like that's that's how it ends up working. But I think where where the outer world is at its best is it's a game about coming into a series of conflicts and trying to both figure out what those conflicts are actually about and then trying to figure out some kind of resolution and figuring out what each resolution is going to harm people. That's where yeah, the game is at its best. Definitely. That's where it's at its most interesting. And everything else is cruft. And I think I would feel very differently about The Outer Worlds if... You know, to take the Edgewater Zone as an example, there were way less killing marauders. They're not even people. If there were way less of killing marauders and there were way more of like, why does Reed seem guilty and ashamed when he talks about the breakaway faction, right? Like, that's what that's where the game sings. But then it's like, oh, I guess we got to have a stealth path. So uh, put a back door on everything. <laughs> And that's and I think that's why so much of the experience falls flat. Yeah, I think that like it is it is it had to double commit in one of those two directions, right? Like either be the excessive janky thing that has systems bolted on to create this sense of of uh, immersion that, that is like almost overwhelming with with like what you can do. The Fallout Four system of like, hey, maybe you know what? Maybe you're not going to want to engage with building a farm, but someone out there is going to, and that's going to mean the world to them. Or continue to cut down into what like the most interesting stuff is. Also, I wish there were just more quests that were fundamentally the like, hey, here is a, an actually novel decision to make that is not just between like mustache twirling bad and like. Uh, the the lesser of two evils good, you know? Um, give me give me RPGs that have questions that are, like, between things that both of which seem like they have their place. Like, not just, like, gotta hear both sides, but actually, and the game does this in a few key places. Like, I'm not saying it never does it at all. I think it does do it here and there. And when it does it, it is when it's most successful. Um, anyway, so at that point, Rob, this is, I'm saying you specifically, because I need you to know that I did good. I thought I should go back and play Fallout 4 because I really want to, I really, like Patrick said, the crafting in that game is great. The crafting in that game has like, I love that I can pick up things and then break them down to whatever their core one thing is. I can get some good mods. It's like, oh, what I really want is factions. And then I was talking with some friends 
And they were like, you know what games are really good? Stalker. And I was like, you know what? I never yeah. played Call of Pripyat. I could feel this coming. I never oh played God. Call of Pripyat. And someone said, I was like, well, what mobs do I have to run? And they were like, you can play Call of Pripyat vanilla. You can just drop it, bot, download it, put that shit in widescreen mode. Hell you don't yeah. even need you don't even need Stalker Complete. That's kind of outdated now anyway. You don't even need a you could get a 2K texture pack if you wanted to, but it kind of has like a nice vibe with the the graphics that it came out with then. Hell and I was like, yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> so last night I put a few hours into Stalker Call of Pripyat, which is the third of the Stalker games. That game oh. fucking slaps. That game is great. Let me tell you, I jumped into an anomaly that landed me in a weird on a weird plateau filled with weird dogs. Let me tell you about this guy named Tuna who really wanted to take my radioactive steering wheel from me for some reason. I think because he could sell it to someone probably. I murdered that man and his friends who tried to come for me. Jesus. Uh, let me tell you about the bandits. Let me tell you about this guy who was like, stalker. We, I think the stalkers around here need a, a little pressure on them. Get together with my boys and you could be that pressure. And I was like, yeah, all right, all right, dog, you paying me? Cool. And then I walked in, I was like, wait a second, I'm a stalker. You know what? Fuck these bandits. And I shot the bandits in the back and teamed up with the stalkers and robbed them and took their stuff. That game is good. Uh, there was a, an, a, a mission, there was some sort of weird, terrible storm, uh, that I had to hide from inside of an old rusted out boat, um, a weird dog. That is such an incredible sequence. Dude, those sequences are so good. Uh, so yeah, I played the, the Stalker Call of Pripyat, you could buy probably pretty cheap right now on PC. Uh, I actually don't know what, what the what the rate is. I'd and already just, I'd bought it forever ago. Yeah, it's seventy percent off on Steam right now. And it just runs. It just runs on Windows Ten. It just Damn. runs. Right. It just runs. It's it's uh, twenty bucks right now on Steam. Um. Uh. So wait, it's not seventy percent off. That was Google lying to me. It's twenty percent. Is it's twenty bucks? Is it's tough to fall? There are sales coming up. I promise those games will be on sale soon. Uh, you know, it looks, it certainly looks like a game from 2010. Like, I'm not saying it looks gorgeous, uh, but it has really great art design and some really good lighting, uh, especially as things kick off and get weird. Um, what was the second one of those games? Clear Sky. Right. Clear Sky. Oh. A really divisive game, uh, was extremely broken when it came out, uh, but a few patches later, it was pretty good. The problem is that a bit like Stalker, it funnels into a really gauntlet-style sequence that becomes very like kind of a linear endgame. Mm. And that is just not Stalker at its best. And it's kind of a bummer way for the campaign to end. Uh, and I think with I think with Call of Pripyat, they finally learned that lesson, and they finally like just embraced it being an open-world, uh, slightly like non-linear, non, not strictly linear shooter. But Clear Sky was... Uh, Sort of a new engine. It was more advanced, but had some of the same problems. Uh, I like it though. It's 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 good. It's cool. It's got some great. It's got some great moments. I've been really enjoying it, and it's like one of those things. Patrick, I was playing this game and be like, "Fuck! I wish Patrick had the time to play this game." I think I played. I did one of them for some for like <clears> a stream <throat> or something. Something at Giant Bomb years ago. I I, I want to say it was called, but I, I don't. God. I don't know for sure. Also, hey, remember, remember, the, like a Metro game came out this year, and none of us cared. <laughs> <laughs> That's weird. Yeah, I thought That's about weird. that. I, I actually thought about booting that up, but I was like, ah, I'm bummed. I, I specifically was thinking about playing through Metro 2033 on a stream for our Waypoint 101 of it back in the day, and be like, man, I was so excited. We were so excited for this new Metro to come out, 
and just boom. Yeah. And I was so excited for the Outer Worlds I mean, to come I, out. We were going to yeah. do a new Vegas mm-hmm. one-on-one. And then boom. I was thinking a lot this week, actually, just in general about how down I am on big games this year. Um, I found myself struggling to produce a list of for the ballot that so it's like yeah. it's Keeley's Keeley Award season. The Keeleys. The Keeleys are around the corner, and we have to start submitting ballots and stuff. And Rob reached out to be like, Austin, can you send me a list of stuff? And I was like, I I can, but yikes. <laughs> Let me look at what I, yikes, I don't. Yeah, like specifically it was like best stories of the year. And I was like, uh, like I, I have a, a note that's like all the games I've played yeah. this year, games that I put meaningful hours into. And I was like, didn't have a lot that was like big story stuff that, look, you know, I. You'll be relieved to know that a lot of y'all were skipping categories. A lot of y'all couldn't name games you're excited about. Mm-hmm. I put Eliza down for all of those categories. <laughs> Best, good, good. Best. There, there were children. Yeah. Well, I games. try to stay honest. Eliza's a sport. It's, it's <laughs> a sport. I appreciate it. There were games I wanted to write in, but it's like I, I. This is a good suggestion for the category, but I haven't. Yeah. Pl- like Eliza, I, I guess is if I played that, I would have put it down for a narrative thing. But it's like I haven't, I haven't played. It. They came out on Switch. I need to. Oh, did it come out on so, Switch? I actually, played. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A last thing about uh, Stalker, though. Yes, please. Austin, isn't the shittiness of the guns tremendous? Yeah. I they <laughs> fall apart instantly. Uh, no one will buy them from me because they're like, "That is a piece of shit." And I'm like, "Bro, I'm doing my best out here. I'm I really, I truly am. I had to shoot some people with this gun. It's gonna take some wear." Um, you guys like get a good gun. You're like, "I don't want to use it. I'm gonna put this in my backpack. I'm gonna use the shitty one until it breaks." I never, you know what? I put my best gun in the in the crate in my stash so that I wouldn't risk using it ever <laughs> until I was further in the game. Basically. I love it. They're, the guns are a piece of shit. There is like such a sense of uh, danger even when you're looting stuff. Even when you're looting stuff in a room filled with people who are your crew, or not your crew, but who are like neutral to you and will defend you if someone else shows up. I'm like, I don't know. These people might jump me. I, I, I'm a, you don't, the game doesn't pause when you're looting stuff. You're hearing weird howls off in the distance. More than once I had to run to a nearby camp because I was being chased by creatures that appeared and disappeared in the night. Like... Yeah. There's some good stuff in that game for sure. I, I really, really liked the time I put into it. Um, and that was also part of my, like, I want to play Death Stranding. <laughs> I want to play a thing that yeah. is, like, hostile to me in a big, weird open world and navigate stuff and et cetera. So uh, it, it scratched some of that itch also, which was nice. Played the first one. The first Stalker. Ages ago. Yeah. For, like, That is the one hours. I put the most time into. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, um, I want to say I got an ending on that, actually. Oh, nice. But it's been seven or eight years. So much, so much of the time then was like, which of the mods? Did I w- yeah, something I, I complete. Was, what? Was probably stalker complete. What's happening? Is probably what I use. <laughs> um, and now that I think about it, we actually got an email that was like, "What mod should I use for stalker?" <laughs> so, <laughs> Rob, is there anything else you would suggest for people who want to get into stalker? No, Call of Pripyat is a really good place to start. Um, it's weird. I, I feel like so Stalker Complete though is what got me into Stalker. Like okay. to be to be very clear, that is a mod that the community turned against a little bit. Yes. I think because it's a little easier. It's a little less. It, it's more about making Stalker the original work and be a little prettier. And it doesn't necessarily punch up all the really interesting system th- system driven driven things that are in Stalker, and that is the direction a lot of the modding interest went. Uh, for instance, I think there was a huge attempt to rework 
this might have been in Clear Sky, there was a really ambitious effort to rework faction warfare in that game so that right. there's all these different groups that are fighting in the zone in Stalker. But a bit like in Skyrim, the war feels really static. It feels like there's no dynamism or actual like organic conflict happening. And there's a lot of effort trying to sort of imbue that with with, with life. Uh, and that is cool. That That's definitely for a return to the zone you want to make it a little more lively and a little more interesting but the original stalker is really good stalker complete is very good at unpacking that experience and some of the set pieces are really incredible i'm very excited to put some more time into it um uh as i as i find myself looking at this fall set of releases still stuff coming out where i'm like i don't know that i'm actually excited about like re- like truly big excited about anything after death stranding what else is left? Jedi. Jedi. I guess Jedi. Yeah, I'm, ex- yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, excited tr- I'm actually Jedi. very I'm excited, excited for Jedi. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I Google Stadia. No. I I I, t- I I actually did. I played that game on Friday. Oh, uh, can we talk about it? Yeah, yeah. I can talk about. Well, they sent me. They just sent me actually the, which is why I remembered oh. the embargo email, which is easy enough. It was just some story stuff that I can't talk about. Okay, but like that game. Uh, I think Jedi I'm getting, Fallen Order. Jedi Fallen Order. Okay. Uh, Jedi. Sorry. Star Wars. Star Wars Jedi. Jedi Fallen Colon Order. Fallen Order. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. I I feel like my brain is stuck in a in a in a in a mode where I want that game to feel like Sekiro and it does not. Mm. Its uh, animations are much slower. In it it, it feels more. Uh, Closer to a Dark Souls than Sekiro, which felt faster huh, than Dark okay. Souls. Yeah, uh, and I keep like going for <laughs> in Sekiro to a certain extent. If you were in trouble, you could start tapping the block button and yeah. get some parries in as you like scramble away. That does not work in this game. Really? No, like you, you have timing to timing has to be more on. Yeah, it has to be more on, and I think there's more of a gap between when you miss a timing before you can try to hit it again. Um, so it's just as I'm having this weird thing every time I've touched this game, like first was at E3 and then just again th- on Friday, where I I want it to be faster than it is. And when I get into like a one-on-one fight with a, th- with a big thing that's going to take multiple hits, it feels good. But when it's like swarms of enemies, it, it feels awkward because I, can, I feel like I can't wa- do the thing what I, that I want to do, which is like, uh, deflect both of them so they're both in a staggered state and then like start attacking. If I deflect one and the other one's coming in for an attack, it doesn't seem like there's a, there's a smooth way to chain into blocking the second one. Interesting. Like because of the animations are just like not quite fast enough for a lot of times when those enemies are kind of coming in almost at the same time. Um, so it's just more like I feel like I hope I hope it's just a mental block that I will get over because I want to enjoy this game and like when I'm doing big the big one-on-one fights it's like oh yeah this feels good I'm dodging I'm blocking I'm using the force it's fine. Um I also feel like the what's tr- the the one of the biggest things that's, that keeps tripping me up is that I want to hit R1 for uh attack which is what it is in Sekiro like you block with L1 you hit hit with uh R1 but uh it's on square and it feels wrong, so I'm gonna I'm gonna get it on PC. I think if I can and move it because you can remap things, which is good. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, I, what else? What was that demo? What was you can the... remap everything? That re- remapping is system level on all platforms now. Is it really? Yeah, 
mm-hmm. was part of the big. I knew it had been in. So that had been in Sony. Yeah, it's on. It's on, it's on. It's on everything but Switch, which is like the really yeah. like Nintendo has actively resisted. Other than on a a game to game. Oh, level. Wait, so you like, mean on like a had... on a system level, you can go in and change yes. what buttons? Yeah. Are... Okay, sure. Yeah, 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 but not every. I didn't realize that was available on like PlayStation. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, what was that demo? What was the rest so of... like it was uh basically um one level one uh. Two two levels, I guess, if you want to think about it that way. It's more like uh, two areas of a Dark Souls like game, right? Um, one of them being like a, a more kind of dungeon like thing that had like environmental puzzles in it, okay. And the other one being more just like a general overworld with enemies. Then you're like trying to find a path through. Uh, there were multiple like times where I looped back around to an area and opened a shortcut. Like straight up at a uh, Dark Souls yeah, or whatever, yeah. Yeah, like, um, and hold on, let me double check. <laughs> let me double check this embargo because it's very specific. Um, yeah, no, it's it it had some some story beats with those characters on that ship. Which is how you get around, right? Like you go to different planets. Uh, and, and that's just not, you're not the, piloting that ship actually, right? No, it's like it's the like outer a, world ship of like you pick a destination. Yeah. And okay. like in between, there's, um, it's, uh, it's not like the destiny ships where it's like, it's a, it's literally a loading screen. It's like you're still walking around on the ship while okay. it's loading and the characters are talking. There's like, you know, little story bits that happen on there. Uh, there's also a garden on the ship. You can, you can garden, you can plant plants and make your, ship look nice mm-hmm. um but uh basically there were like there were two different planets that you could go to and um they talked about how it was mostly locked behind um abilities but not stories so you could go off and do stuff on huh. a planet even if it's not part of the main storyline as long as you had the right abilities and apparently it sounds like that will they didn't tie those abilities in a way where like they they made it very explicit that there will be moments where you can go to planets and like explore and find things and like do side quests basically mm-hmm. uh, that don't have anything to do with the story and you can just go you have like a choice of wherever you want to like it's like semi open in that way uh, but it's gated it's you know it's similar it's similar to and even the map looks a lot like reminded me a lot of uh, Metroid Prime huh. like. It, where you could see the, like, the three, doors, like yeah, a yeah, 3D, yeah, the 3D map. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could see where the doors are, and the, they mark the ones that you can't open with red, the ones that you ha- you haven't like actually ex- examined yet with like orange or something, and like green. It means you have the ability now. You can go. You can go through it. it. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Um. But yeah, that game. Uh, I I just like I hope it's it's my weird headspace and not that they've made a made the animations a little clunky yeah i think it is i think i i really want to believe that it's just like i'm fucking up because otherwise it looks really good and i think i've like seen um like seen other people play it or seen like the the like demos that they like release and it looks more fluid than when it is in my hands which was part of what makes me feel like I'm fucking up. Like you're missing the timing versus <laughs> yeah, the yeah. game's like animation priority being weird or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, that's mm. 
It's 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 that's soon, it's right? That's two weeks from now. Yeah, it's the fifteenth. Yeah, and, uh, next yeah. Friday. Yeah. yeah, there were a bunch of Pokemon Shh. leaks. I want to think about other stuff that's coming out soon. Did you see those? No, what happened? The, oh, there was a there all was a of the starter corfish? evolutions are out there. A bunch oh, of shit. a bunch of other stuff is out there now. Oh, God, leaks. How instantly. does this stuff leak? Where is it leaking from? I mean, Game Freak. No. I know, but like, but I'm right? just like, no. I've always been fascinated by Nintendo so. as a company. They've gotten leakier in the last five years for sure, yeah. um, relative to where they were from. But I'm just like, where? Because it's not coming from early access to the game. Like, the, Nintendo has not sent out review code for 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 Pokemon yet. At least, at least not, not to, to us. us. Is um, it entirely possible it's um, for some sort of Japanese publication? My guess is, but Pokemon stuff leaks all the time. Like, yeah. like this isn't yeah. even yeah. like so this is consistent with like prior to this game even being unveiled. Yeah. There's like. It's just it's just it's specific to Pokemon in a way that I've always wondered like wh- wh- why. So this stuff I've always thought mm. was this specific stuff like a week or two before launch is. I've always heard that that stuff comes to outlets who get the, the game early, often not in North America or Japan, like Europe, South America, sure. where the yeah. connection is a little or like the relationships are are different between publisher and mm-hmm. outlet. Um, I've also heard – so the Game Freak question it, for earlier stuff, you know, I think maybe this time around is maybe more viable than than in the past. Um, this is this is not like – I wouldn't go to print with this, but from what I've heard is that like situ- the, the morale at Game Freak right now is really low. That like the backlash tour to the stuff that happened earlier this year around the announcement that the game would only have Generation One plus new Pokemon mm. was like really demoralizing, and that and that has just continued to spiral, and that the stuff at people at Game Freak are just in a rough fucking uh, place right now. Small thing there. It's just um, to be clear, it's not just Generation One. Um, it's it has its own decks that is made up of Pokemon from all the generations. Right, but it's, but it's like, not complete. It's it, right? you can't collect every single Pokemon that's ever existed. In this right, yeah. which is which is what people want. Or can you bring? You can't also can't bring them in. Exactly, they, right, they right, cannot right. exist because they're they won't no have models, the models for, of the whatever. new 3D Switch yeah. level Switch scale models. Right, um, uh, and so like that stuff, and then the fan feedback was just like deeply affecting to the folks working there yeah. who you know want. <laughs> A big reveal of your game, a big, especially a big E3 reveal, is supposed to be like those those big moments, those big milestones when you put something out in the world, um, are often opportunities to re-energize a team because they're at such a rough place in the in the middle of developing a game, which we can we can and have spoken about how how that should improve. Yeah. Um, but those tend to be moments where like the team is like, wow, you know what? I I see it now. I see what we're working towards. And the a couple folks now have told me that like the experience of being a game freak in the last six months has been really rough uh, because it has been deeply demoralizing to see the fan response to this stuff. Um, so, you know, maybe. I, I Could I conceive of someone there being like, yo, here's the fucking starters. But when yeah. I think about, like, the quality of the photos, like, you're not seeing... That stuff it feels like all, like, quick phone grabs or or stuff like that, you know? So, I don't mm. know. I don't know. I hadn't seen those. Yeah, you should look up what these I saw some. I saw some that were I don't a love little them. clearer. Yeah, there, there are some out there that are, like, pretty solid. Uh, I don't love them. The all... I, I'm not going to talk about what they are. Uh, I yeah, think there are some spoilers. cool Pokemon in there. In the, in the, <laughs> I just don't love the starter evolutions. So when those actually hit, we should talk about them. Yeah, yeah. But that's like a personal thing about what I like and don't like about a Pokemon. Sure. So anyway, uh, I'm curious. Shenmue about. three. 
That's next week? No, the week, the after? week after the 19th. Wow. Phoenix Finally. Point. That's not real. That's fake. That's coming out later. That got delayed. Didn't it? <laughs> that's not December anymore? <laughs> I was 90% I thought, sure that got delayed. That, that's not a real thing, too. I know it got delayed, but I thought, <laughs> is it not December anymore? Maybe it is. I'm checking. Uh, Need for Speed Heat. That's, that's coming out. out on Friday. Oh, what? what? Y'all heard anything about code for that? Uh, what? <laughs> yeah, it still says December for... No, I got code. No, I, they gave me code, like, late last week. Oh, okay. Oh, oh. nice. Okay. You know, I really didn't like that last Need for Speed. I hope that they turn the corner, so to speak. Mm. Uh, Phoenix Point does Bring now. the heat. Bring the heat. Yeah, thank you. If thank you It's getting chilly now. Use a little bit of heat sometimes. It is getting chilly. Yeah. Uh, what else? Is that it? Is that where we're at? November used to be okay. the month, right? There are years when November is the month yeah. more yeah, than October. I, th- yeah. I think uh, more as games have gotten more expensive and yeah. release dates have gotten a little more uh, fungible. It's like, hey, do yeah. I rush that game out in November when you could just release it in January and just do uh, do okay? Uh, Super Lucky's Tale for Switch, Age of Empires Two Definitive Edition. That's out in ten uh, in ten days. Um, hmm. No, yeah. um, Last Life is Strange. Terminator yeah. Resistance. Darksiders yeah. Genesis. When does the Last Life, Life mm. is Strange actually drop? Early December. Okay. Is MechWarrior 5 Mercenaries actually coming out in December, Rob? I haven't heard about that. Like, I haven't heard one, one way or the other, but I feel like I should be hearing more about it if, it, if it's actually imminent, right? Yeah. We should send yeah, some like emails. Have, they would, especially us, they would have reached out to us by yeah. now if there was a little more going on. Which is one of those things where we woke up and it was November. Do you yeah. know what I mean? If we yeah. had this conversation a week ago, mm-hmm. we'd all be like, eh, whatever. It's mid-December. It'll be out when it's out. But, but yeah. Huh. Uh, I guess I guess it's funny. Like we're, we're, getting, we're getting towards the end of the embargo zone here. I thought we were going to be still deep in it, but these days uh, the embargo zone right. like Jedi, goes. Yeah, Jedi is the last one, but they haven't sent out reviews for that yet because EA is probably going to do the thing where they send it out five days before it's out, and then the poor person who has to review it, which currently might be me, has to try and beat that game extremely fast. So, Godspeed, young oh, Padawan. If, if, I, if, I, if I get three days, then sorry, you just don't. You just don't get a review. It just becomes God. a take. That discourse um, has continued. Also, the, the conversations around review culture. That's right. I would say should. it was less less divisive than I thought. Me um, too. And feel like a lot of actually people were couching their own reviews like so. <laughs> you know, this is a controversial game. And actually, it turns out there were some people that really didn't like it. Yes. And a lot of people that really, really liked it. But and who, even if they had some had caveats along yes. the way. Um, but it ended up being, um, <laughs> it may just be, Austin, that you and I just happened to know the people that really, really, really dislike it. Uh, you know, I feel <laughs> so like it kind of tainted a little bit of my we got a lot of We got a lot of reviews and a lot of, tw- uh, we had a lot of tweets that were like, mm-hmm. now I really loved it, but I could never recommend yeah. it. Or reviews sure. that were like, it felt really good to me, but objectively speaking, da 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 da, it's a it's an eight, not a nine or whatever. Right. Um, but it, it still it still did very well for itself, right? So, uh, which which makes me wonder what the actual experience is going to be when it comes to release, like what people are going to think. Yeah. So, I don't know. 
Uh, we'll see. Uh, more, I want to read this quote from Please. Uh, Kotaku uh, from a, a piece I'm up today. Um, in the future, Hideo, Hideo Kojima says the studio will make films. Just want to read this. Of, I mean, of course, but I think he, he feel like he's been saying that for two decades now. Um, in the future, Kojima Productions will also start making films, uh, Kojima said. Uh, quote, if a person can do one thing well, then they should be able to do anything well. End quote. <laughs> <laughs> true. Not, is that true? Is, is that how that uh, works? Accurate. <laughs> Com- that, uh, like omnicompetence is a default, right? <laughs> Two good people. Uh, like if you have a medical degree, yeah, you should have a law degree. Yeah, just get <laughs> them all. Just you should it. teach whatever you want. Yeah, I don't You're know a teacher, how- so teach. Damn, they should let. Solid but also, you should be really good at service movies. jobs, too. <laughs> yeah. God. Anyway, let's see. So you're good at cooking. Uh, you're good at baking, right? Hey. Yeah, it's all the same. That's the actual no. thing, right? Even inside dead, of... Dead-ass wrong based on my wife. Dead-ass wrong. Wow. Are you, are you dragging your wife? No, she knows. Is she, she dragging knows. you? She, she likes... No, 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 no. She, my, my wife is an unbelievable cook, but yeah. she likes to... I feel like we talked about this before, especially Probably. in the context of Rob. Maybe I just talked about it with Rob privately. He was like... She likes to experiment in the kitchen and likes to like, ah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to change this. And discovered very quickly, yo, that's not how baking works. Baking is a science. You follow the instructions. You know, there's not a lot of room for just like, I, there was something she made and I cannot remember what it was. So I'm, I'm making up what she exchanged. But I want to say it was like required milk used something else instead did not come out the other end <laughs> in an edible fashion. And very quickly she realized, you know, maybe sometimes you just go to the jewel and buy the cookies and just realize something's not your thing. Yeah. I would... unless you're Kojima, in which case. Yeah. I mean he loves movies and sure. made made a lot of cuts. You know what? If you love move if you love something, you can make it. I would I would love <laughs> Uh, you can make it. Yeah. <laughs> you can make it. There's a lot of things you could do. I would love mm-hmm. to see him try to work in the scale, in the pacing of a two to three hour film. He ain't got it in him. I want to see it. I mean, what's 90 minutes of a movie look like for you? I would love to see if he could do it. It's a, that's his it's gotta be a short a film for him. Yeah. When you right. say short, when you say a short <laughs> film, mostly that's like five to 10 minutes long for Kojima. That's okay. Cool. 90 minutes. I got it. Uh, I don't know, it's the same way they like watching that latest uh, Overwatch 2 like uh, CG trailer for um, or the cinematic for like setting up the story of uh, yeah. Overwatch 2. It's like, damn, like, man, I, I would watch. I'm not even that interested in playing more Overwatch, but I, those characters are like really jump off the screen and watching those 10 minute videos. Like, I would watch a TV series on Disney Plus that was just the Overwatch characters. I'm so surprised they haven't done that. Do we want to talk about. What the BlizzCon stuff is, real quick. It'll just be we a cop up. show, right? Yeah, it'll be a cop show. Oh, you that say? is what it would be. Oh. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Uh, we be. should at least. Yes. Um, uh, yeah, BlizzCon happened the weekend. There were some uh, a small amount of protests. There were about, I, th- I think, thirty people um, in front. Which you know, you know, granted, uh, I, I wouldn't have been shocked if it was no people, given yeah. the way that 
online anger does not necessarily uh, especially in the video yeah. game space, translate to real world action. So, except for in the worst the, possible ways. Where, well, sure, where yes, the yes, grimiest yes. online ad, or uh, ad I, anger. yes, I, I, yes, I should specifically mean. I mean, sort of like protest action. You know, like yeah. you know, spending your dollars. You know, how you think things should be changed. Yada yada yada. Um, yeah, no, don't worry. Yeah, real life harassment definitely happens um, in a way that is that is that is horrible. But yeah, you know, props to the thirty folks that. Uh, or so that probably rotated out, but there were, were some measure of folks that um, did at least get mentioned by uh, what's the the head of Blizzard, Brack. J. Allen Brack. Yeah, um, bad apology. Starting bl- well, uh, one yeah, not um, we we need to we need to you know apology is a uh, yeah. uh, was used as a perhaps catch all term um, <laughs> here in which uh, yeah so so op- the BlizzCon has historically opened with a long sort of like theater presentation in which a lot of the big announcements, you know, it's kind of Blizzard's E3 um, sort of thing. And this one had been hyped up for a while. It's like going to be one of the biggest ones in in a while. And yeah, Jalen Brack came out um, and we've got a piece on the site from uh, Matthew Galt that kind of walks through that. But, um, you know, the, the, the short version is like mentioned the Hearthstone situation uh, was how things were set up and basically said, oh, we moved too quickly we should have been more transparent, yada, yada, yada. This was framed by a lot of outlets and as being like, oh, Blizzard apologizes for Hearthstone situation. And like our original headline like had something to that effect. And like the more I sat with reading the statement from Brack, I was like, that's not an apology. This is this is what companies do. They come out and say, ah, we, we need to do better. But Blitzchung is still banned for six months. He got his money back, but that was part of the original response to the backlash. Right. The um, commentators are still banned. Um, there wasn't any measure of measurable change in terms of like what is Blizzard doing regarding the free speech rights or non rights of like their comment. Like there, there wasn't any, nothing actually changed. Like he came out and like took it on the chin in the sense that like, I'm going to dance around what happened without actually discussing any of the political messiness that we went into. And instead, uh, no, nothing actionably changed. Like no one's lives are different that were impacted, um, or could be impacted in the future if they made similar actions, um, whether it was related to Hong Kong or, or anything else, um, whatever Blizzard decides, you know, falls within the, the realm of politics. Um, and so that like was I tried to pump the brakes on when we were writing it up because it was like that's nothing actually changed here except that someone <laughs> came out and said ah shouldn't we all just do better in couldn't the we just be yeah what what is some of the actual language there that could have been more transparent could have been more yeah, tra- oh the classic a classic of the genre quickly. is be is be more transparent yeah mm-hmm. to um, move too quickly too slow to talk to all of you okay <laughs> you're right if you only yeah. you'd done this more slowly. <laughs> <laughs> that would have made it better. Um, yeah. And then they made a bunch of announcements that I think were yeah. uh, pretty expect. I had leaked before the actual event. Yeah. Overwatch 2, uh, which will have a lot of co-op uh, story-based stuff in it. And an actual campaign. So it, yes. it's like there's two story-based things. There's an actual like right. four-player uh, missions that have like cutscenes and like is a little closer. I mean, who knows how expansive that'll end up being, but is it was de- – you know, described as a campaign. And then there are these co-op missions, which are described as like endlessly replayable characters level up. There's like customization to a level that you don't get when you're, you know, playing a normal 
PvP Overwatch match. Um, it's interesting. Like, it feels like a halfway step to, like, like a, uh, who's it? Uh, it's funny. Uh, uh, Paul Tassi, uh, or, you know, yes, Duncan on one Forbes. Of the, but one of the people he's, who he's a really good writer over Forbes. Yes, absolutely. That, that, yeah. And he does a lot of good uh, writing about uh service games like Overwatch and he did a piece uh responding to this and like one of the lines he had in there was like well he's like yeah I think a lot of us including people who enjoyed the PvP of Overwatch would would have loved to have seen Blizzard do like a single player game in the Overwatch universe but wouldn't that have been like something like way more expansive than like a couple of missions um seems like a half step that will like satisfy people but isn't necessarily like the full step towards what would have been like a more interesting Potentially more interesting, or do, do the full destinification of Overwatch, which this also does not appear to to be necessarily. So um, it'll probably get me to play it again. They also did the really interesting thing, um, which actually maybe way more interesting than the storyline stuff, is that uh, they're not going to charge. So current Overwatch players, if you aren't interested in PVE, because that's what they're going to charge for. If you just want new maps and new heroes, you're good. Like hmm. you'll just get that. Like the heroes will if you stay in overwatch like you don't have to buy anything new the heroes and maps will presumably new game modes will um like push which is i think one of the new ones in overwatch 2 i don't know maybe you do have to pay for that i'm not sure but it's unique overwatch is wholly unique and like not like splitting a player base in that regard and saying actually the thing you're going to be most excited to pay for is this pve stuff which will probably be some measure of people but it's a unique circumstance for them to be in where they are saying you don't need to pay for the new maps in new heroes, because that's just not usually how, how this. That's stuff not works. how Overwatch has ever worked. Yeah, totally. Um, they also announced Diablo Four, which it, it, yeah. <laughs> a game they've said um, will is not close even by Blizzard standards. Yeah, um, which made it sound like it's a twenty twenty one game. Which boy does that reek of like a company desperate to have people get excited for something when you're announcing a game that is conservatively three years out um yeah. weird or two years out maybe um i bet it's strange. i bet it's three i bet it's i bet it's 2022 because yeah. <laughs> overwatch 2 also doesn't have a date right no but i bet that game is end of 2020 aim, aiming for end of next year yeah and then could see it get bumped to early 2021 and then 2021 is the year of overwatch content and then yes. 2022 is Diablo is Diablo Four. Well, is, right. there's also a WoW thing somewhere in there, right? Yeah, yeah I mean, yes, uh, WoW Shadowbringers. But WoW, Shadow, WoW and Hearthstone <laughs> are like it always. is Shadow something. <laughs> then, is it? Yeah, yeah, that was that was Fuck. the Final Fantasy XIV uh, account sent them very light shade. <laughs> uh, Shadow, oh really? Yeah, yeah, Shadowlands. The Final Fantasy XIV account basically was like. Uh, you know, from from a, some someone who already explored the shadows. Good luck, you know, or whatever. <laughs> uh, it was very funny. Uh, I mean, what the fuck ever, obviously, but uh, but yeah. Uh, it turns out shadows are good cinematics. Yeah. Good luck in the Shadowlands at Warcraft. <laughs> uh, so you know, that's good. A lot, a lot of places have shadows. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I the whole I don't know. I don't know why I even let myself think that there would be larger action at any point. Not that I was ever like super convinced by it, but I need to commit to my cynicism when it comes to gamer activism. Uh, uh, and, and actually I should have just suspected that it would be like, yeah, uh, can I undelete my Blizzard account now? <laughs> you know, Ugh. that's, the, Oh my God, that, that I mean, that's tweet one tw- was a yes, beautiful thing. Yes. Yes. 
but I think pretty, pretty, pretty telling. People should go look up that tweet on Rami's. Uh, <laughs> can I? Account. Can I? Yeah, I think I, I, I definitely been retweeted multiple. it. Yeah, please go ahead and read it. Uh, I, we'll give me a second to pull it up, but oh, 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 I, I think it, cra- it. it cracks me up because like, I'll, I'll, I'll get there as I pull it up. But part of it, in, including someone saying um, that they. <laughs> they hope they could get their loot back as well from their from their stuff. Uh, oh, where ah, here we go. How to restore my deleted Blizzard account um, comes from user. Ooh. Uh, so I deleted my Blizzard account two weeks ago because of the Hong Kong controversy, which, <laughs> but now I want to play the Overwatch Halloween event. How can I restore my account with all the skins I had, if possible? Thanks in advance. Very good, man. Very good. God. On that beautiful note, (laughs) yeah, I think we should wrap this one up, folks. Sure. Uh, We got a full week ahead of us still. Again, I guess no big releases this week, uh, but there will be content up on the site, Um, and we'll be back on on. People should go check out. um, The coming out. Yeah, that's that's Friday, right? Yeah, on Friday. People should should also uh, check out. this uh, I wrote a, a piece about dead cells last week. Yes, um, yes. It's a, a, fa- a fascinating piece. Uh, the I say I'm not trying to compliment myself. The the quotes in there are fascinating. In which <laughs> dead cells was a game yeah. uh, made uniquely in a co op model, um, and dead cells became way more popular than they expected. Um, and a lot of the team at uh, Motion Twin or some part of the team at Motion Twin who developed. Dead Cells wanted to go make something else instead of continuing to support Dead Cells. And so they spun off some of the team um, led by the head of marketing um, at Motion Twin, uh, started a studio called Evil Empire, um, which uh, is, yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, um, immediately. A little on the nose, <laughs> it, I would say. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it's an attempt to be cutesy um, um, that uh, has some you know, yeah, can have some <laughs> connotations that, uh, uh, you know, maybe prove it before you decide you can be uh, snarky about it. But, um, yeah, they're getting rid of the co-op model. They, like, so, you know, for short version, co-ops do lots of things. But um, in, in a lot of ways, they try, uh, uh, in some forms, uh, create power equity um, between workers. That doesn't always necessarily mean that everyone is paid the same, but that is that is a common version of a co-op. Um, I profiled a, a studio called Co-op with a K um, in uh, in Canada, in which that is the model they had, which was power equity, um, money equity, um, and Motion Twin was the ex- exact same way. It was power equity and um, and money equity. Um, and uh, the, the 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 person I interviewed about Evil Empire, just go read the quotes, but like he explains like some things that I think are understandable. That's like, hey, to attract certain types of talent, um, you do pay them more, and they may not want to come work for a place that doesn't allow them to get paid a certain amount for maybe what they need to sustain their family or what they feel they're worth. Like there are some stuff that is interesting. Um, and I can see the argument. And then there's some other stuff that, you know, go the way he, the way they phrase, um, the frustrations over, uh, making arguments with people in other disciplines is, uh, a lot. Um, and I should also, I, I, before you respond, one, one criticism that people had in response to my piece that I, um, I think it is illustrated in it, but maybe I didn't make it as clear is that like, there are no like definitions of what a co-op is. It's more of like a, a philosophy of like equity as opposed to like, oh, a co-op has to fit X, Y, Z in order to be considered a co-op. And so like I heard from various folks, it's like, hey, Motion Twins failings, which may have been a result of 
their fail like their inability to fill in certain gaps of their personnel because of the co-op model they had in which like oh their frustrations about um being able to un- not resolve arguments is not inherently a failure of a co-op model that's going after power equity it's because they probably should have put a structure in place to resolve that stuff in yes. a more expedited fashion um that there i heard from people like i have been in a co-op in which people are paid more in, or are paid less and there are ways that is resolved or dealt with in different ways so just i, w- I yeah. wanted i think the the piece can be looked at in a light that's like oh this is a limitation of co-ops and actually it may have, it's i think it's more co-ops are for everyone but there is a failure of imagination perhaps in motion to an addressing some of the failures of their system that is not necessarily an indictment of co-op is more of an indictment of motion twin, maybe not realizing uh, or not addressing systemic problems Particular, the, the way they set it up. Well, and also those those systemic problems are were all summarized by Philby, right? The person who's moving over mm-hmm. to or who's leading the the folks over to Evil Empire, this new other sub company or or whatever. The re- Motion Twin staying a co-op, the people in Motion Twin who are yep. staying in Motion Twin are sticking to the co-op formula. That's still the bulk of the people who made Dead Cells, right? The bulk of people are staying in Motion Twin. They were ele- they were ele- they were eleven studi- eleven employees um, or workers uh, right. at, the t- at the at the time that Dead Cells was made. I'm um, unclear. I don't think that's changed a whole lot. I mean, you, you know, the sure. two co-ops that I have read, you know, like the co-op, the company in 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 uh, Canada and. Um, and motion twin, like it, it has seemed to be the case that co-ops scale to around 10 to 15, um, based on the ones that I've seen. That's not, again, that's not exclusive. Co-ops can scale past that, but the ones that they seem to be hovering around that sort of area to, to manage, um, yeah, what they're building. But like, I just wanted to emphasize that it was not like, oh, the motion twins co-op failed because, right. Uh, yeah, for Philby, for these no. other people who are moving over to this other company, like they wanted something else there, and and I, I, it, it reads to me, it was like, it read to me like couldn't change the parts of the co-op that he wasn't satisfied with, and so this isn't a different opportunity. Um, but like, yeah. you, there's the quote in there that's so funny where he's just like, it sucks when you have to give people a crash course in graphic design, especially when those people are programmers incapable of drawing a stick figure. And it's like, you yeah. can run a co-op a, a different quote. way. You can run a, you can run a, <laughs> yeah, listen, I don't even go here anymore. I can say whatever the fuck I want. Um, there are other ways to run co-ops. There are ways to run co-ops where you don't have to vote on every single implementation. Yeah. You can, you can have uh, uh, people who are in charge of particular, uh, you know, uh, people can have responsibility where they make micro decisions yep. that is not. Um, uh, and so, yeah, so there, there are other great, ways. Of, there's a great of Scott things. Benson thread out there that people should look up where, where he kind of gets into as, you know, uh, uh, glory, the name of the, the co-op that, that um, Benson is now part of, um, uh, you know, he has firsthand experience in how to set those up in, in a, in a distinct way. And so that thread is pretty useful at looking at the different ways that co-ops can work. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, but people should read that story if only for quotes like that, and where you go like, okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> there was there was some other, you know, uh, it was a lengthy interview. I went back and forth with because uh, remember I got the first set of uh, quotes back, and like my eyebrow raised in a bunch of ways, and I was like, I'm gonna need some <laughs> clarity here. Yeah. Um, and just uh, you know, 
if quotes like that, just imagine there are others on the cutting room floor that just Great. were not cut because it made them look bad. Just, you know, the story was already long and yeah. you can't get everything in there. But um, <laughs> there were some other choice ones that Austin remind me sometime. To I would love the, the Patrick, I would love to share them. them with you. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, OK, on that note, we are going to actually wrap it up here. Thank you, as always, for listening. You can send questions into gaming at vice dot com. And maybe as we did with Luke's question today about about Stalker, we will happen to wrap around to it uh, or we'll do another question bucket up episode at some point um you can find us on twitter at twitter.com slash waypoint facebook.com slash waypoint vice waypoint.vice.com for all the articles including patrick's uh, uh interview with steve philby formerly of motion twin that we just talked about um as always you can find me on twitter at austin underscore walker kato how about you at a underscore kato underscore appears patrick at patrick public and rob at rob zachman Catch us on Friday for more. Until then, fuck capitalism. Go home. Really get this. So go home. You deserve to be <laughs> at home. Go home. Go home. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. <laughs> All right. Uh, Capitalism's okay. waiting for you there. It is. Oh <laughs> no! The capitalism is inside the house. Loch Ness monster like waveform <laughs> on the uh, on the track. I've been editing. Be a way- I've been editing. Got to be a way to do like a macro to like. Oh, I'm lock sure that. that- that I'm button sure. exists somewhere in the system, if right? You a, if you have a gamer keyboard, you could definitely <laughs> set a mm. macro on like one of your gamer keys, your G keys. That's I have that. Called. I have I have this I this keyboard that lights up because of Joel. <laughs> <laughs> I saw people on Reset Era complaining Joel. about your keyboard, Patrick. People are very upset about how complaining loud. about my keyboard. Yeah, about how loud your keyboard is, and I was like, "Are we sure it's Patrick's? Because I type too. Oh, maybe it's yours. And I also have a mechanical keyboard. I do too at home. But I was, I was like, if I was at home, it could have been it could have been any of us. <laughs> um, yeah, the arrow yeah, was, you know, sorry. I I do I try to mute it when I type, but unfortunately, look, I like a mechanic. We all like we all like mechanical yeah, keyboards. Yeah, it's like I am Spartacus for googling during a pod. <laughs> Listen, sometimes I gotta I gotta Google some shit in the middle of recording. I, you know, it happens. But that yeah, but otherwise but. you'll send us emails. <laughs> exactly. We're we avoiding future complaints. My my favorite is when I um, when I stream, um uh sometimes the uh Slack notification will come through because like in the motherboard tech one, like they'll do at here's all the time. So I could like tick tick and then because there's no Patrick like Patrick? What? What? What did you just hit? Did you hit something on your? No. no. I went. You made a sound effect. No, his voice is deeper. What? What? Speak. What? Speak. 
I'm speaking. No. <laughs> you sound like you're a demon. What is happening? What? Something's you're wrong like, on you. Like, something's I, something's you're like, wrong on your end, Austin. Kato and I look at Kato and I Hold on, everyone be quiet. Patrick, talk. Um, Rob, how do I sound? I guess you do sound a little deeper. It's, it's not. It's at the middle of what he's saying. It's not at the top or the end. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Uh, tell, tell, yeah. me, tell me how the Bears did last night, Patrick. I don't know. I didn't watch most of the game. But I, then I oh watched my. enough of it to... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what is happening? Okay, Patrick, you know in Home Alone 2, the fucking thing that Kevin uh-huh. has, and he's like, the whole movie, he's like, okay, kids, that's <laughs> happening on your track. Live. Let me see what I'm gonna see what I wanna see what the actual track sounds like. He sounds a little drunk. It's very funny. Oh my god. Kata, you have the low you have an OBS yes, or you have like a backup on okay. Yep, yep I captured it. God. <laughs> Patrick's nodding. It was just. It was fine. That is. <laughs> Hold on, I'm gonna. I'm gonna reset my. I'm gonna export this audio so we have. I think it's you getting can do worse. What you will. I think it's um, slowly degrading. It's like. Hey kids. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna reset my device. Yeah. Fucking yeah. Halloween is <laughs> over. Goddamn it! What the fuck? God, all those all those movies he watched about things becoming haunted. Right. His microphone. God damn. Oh. Anyway, was this any better? Yeah, yeah. You're fine. Okay. That's what? weird. What? Wait. Keep going. Hey, I'm I'm testing the mic. One, two, three, one, two, three. That's Patrick. Yeah, yeah that's, that's Patrick. Patrick. That's Patrick. But it could happen that's again. Patrick. Let's keep it in mind. <laughs> all right. Oh, okay. Oh. Very I was funny to be like, with, uh, my USB, re- I was fiddling with my USB hub gotcha. a minute ago, so I mm-hmm. feel like maybe that's what caused Yeah, the that makes sense. Weirdness. That makes sense. Very funny to be like, I should get an XLR set up at some... I'll get an XLR set up at some point. <laughs> Instantly, microphone decides. <laughs> You'll do what? Ex- excuse me? <laughs> All right, we should time dot is. All right, time dot is. Yeah. Uh, let's do 37. All right. 